Hello, my friends. It's time again. This episode of the podcast, um, this is July 4th weekend. So uh, I know you're going to be out there at the lake or the beach taking your clothes off, trying to look sexy in your swimsuit, and it's probably a disaster. <laughs> we can help you, ladies and gentlemen. This episode is brought to you by Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. I've always been a big proponent of kettlebells because it's one of the first weightlifting things that I've ever done that allows me to kind of get like the whole workout in. Like a lot of times when I used to lift weights regularly, I'd lift weights and then another day I'd do cardio. I'd do one day weights, one day of cardio. But with a really good kettlebell workout, I get a brutal cardio workout and it allows me to get it all done in one shot. I'm a huge fan of them. They just—it's fun to do, and it's—it uh, makes you feel like some Russian savage living in Siberia back in the 1930s or whatever the fuck they invented these things. What they are is—it's like a cannonball with a big metal handle on it, and you swing them around. And uh, in in doing so, in all these various exercises, you develop what they call functional strength, meaning strength for your entire body, not isolated individual movements, but your entire body. And uh, do they have no chimp? Where's the chimp, Yeah, I was going to say, something's missing. <clears throat> the motherfuckers ran out of chimps. They ran away. No, we must have run out. <clears throat> Those fucking things sell like crazy. That's the primal bells. The primal bells are these new kettlebells that we had. This is the most important thing. They look cool as shit. They're, 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 we have chimpanzees, and then we also have zombies. We have uh, apes, rather. We also have zombies. But the, um, the most important thing is that they don't just look good, but that they're 3D mapped. What we have them is we made sure that all of the uh, kettlebells that you're getting, they're, they're not imbalanced. Like You can make a cool face, but if the cool face wasn't balanced, it would kind of defeat the purpose of a kettlebell. The whole idea about a kettlebell is it's got to be balanced when you move it. So it looks badass, but you get a – like I use the, uh, the Gorilla – and I, you get a really good workout with it. It doesn't feel at all like a, a gimmick. Even when it slams into your arm with the gorilla face first, if you're an idiot, if you're not paying attention to how you're swinging the, the kettlebells. One thing that I can um, really not stress enough when it comes to this stuff, if you're thinking about doing any kind of physical activity, if you've never worked out before, you've got to do two things if you can. The one thing, the if you can part, is hire a personal trainer to show you how to do the movements correctly. Just you know, find out. There's someone who'll do it for you. It'll probably let you iPhone video it, and let let someone you know show you how to do like a clean and press, how to do a windmill, how to do these things correctly, and then videotape it, and then you can do it on your own. And you could literally never have to go to a gym again with a chin up bar and a couple of kettlebells. Like you can get ferocious workouts in on a daily basis, but start slow. It's if you're a meathead like me. And you're a dummy, and you if the you know someone says uh, take three vitamins, you're like I'll take fucking five and see what's up. <laughs> um, you could hurt yourself with these things. Start slow. We have 35 pounders. We have 18 pounders. The howler monkey is 18 pounds, and uh, we go all the way up to 70 pounds with the primal bells. But if you're a real savage, one of those bona fide fitness freaks, like perhaps one of those cal- those. CrossFit dudes who uh, enter into those championships, that bitch-ass 70 pounds is probably not going to be enough for you. If that's the case, we sell them even heavier. The heaviest ones we sell, I don't know why they do them in kilograms. I guess that's out of respect to Mother Russia or some shit. <laughs> they all say kilogram. At least they don't say poods anymore or whatever that was. Yeah, we got rid of pood, <laughs> but it's now it's still in kilogram. Okay, what the fuck is 40 kilograms? Let's find out. Let's tell yeah, people. Why would they even do I that? think it's 88 pounds. Let's see. Weird that they would do that. 
Yeah, it seems odd. <laughs> Americans. Man. What is 40 kilograms in pounds? Yes, it's 88 pounds. So that's the heaviest one we have. If you can throw around an 88-pound kettlebell, you are some kind of man. Huh? For everybody else, start slow, be healthy. And like I said, it's my favorite all-time method of uh, just physical exercise, just you know, without martial arts being the obvious number one. But just for regular exercise, kettlebells are the shit and it feels good it feels good when you do them it's just it's like a it's 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 you're stretching out a lot of, a lot of the movements so it's got almost like a yoga sort of a vibe to it like windmills windmills are some of my favorite things to do super good for your core and your back and but again do them slow and uh if you're interested in any of the on it supplements use the code word rogan and you will save 10 percent off any and all supplements all right crash from the float lab is here ladies and gentlemen so without any further ado and no more fuckery afoot let's get rolling joe rogan podcast check it out the joe rogan experience train by day joe rogan podcast by night all day Ladies and gentlemen, for um, many of you who've heard this podcast before, you're aware of a thing that I'm really into called the sensory deprivation tank. And the sensory deprivation tank was invented by a guy named John Lilly, who is a scientist and a real freak, like a, a guy who is just really out there, really fascinating guy. And he wrote a book that uh, I picked it up on, uh, I think, like, um, Amazon.com, like the used books that they'll sell you, like people, sellers, individual sellers are selling. And it's uh, The Deep Self. And in it, he talks about the benefits of the tank, it, it detailed construction on how to make your own tank. He's got like diagrams in it and just really, really fascinating guy. And he was into all sorts of weird altered states of consciousness. And one of the things that he wanted to figure out was how to separate the body from the senses. And he came up with a bunch of different designs. There's a movie, Altered States, that's kind of very loosely based on, you know, the idea of a guy like him going completely haywire and becoming a, like a monkey. <laughs> Just that's how I got into sensory deprivation tanks. I saw Altered States. And they, they, they were historically fairly accurate in the design of the tanks. The initial one that you saw in Altered States showed what Lily had first came up with, which was like a glass scuba helmet that sort of suspended him in regular water. And uh, he would actually poop and pee into it. He had like some f- crazy filtration system so he could stay in there and, and not have to defecate or urinate so it would go through some system that he had created. I mean, this dude was gone. <laughs> he was off the deep end. I mean, he's about as off the deep end as, as ever. But his his big thing was to try to figure out how you can get the mind free of the influence of the body. And the best method he came up to was this idea of the tank. And uh, he figured out eventually to put salt water in it. And that if you put enough Epsom salts, your body would float. And then he could maintain the, the heating temperature to essentially what's the same temperature as the surface of your skin. And you wouldn't be able to recognize where the water was. And it would give you the sensation of complete sensory deprivation. And he figured this out. And from that point on till like, God, I don't mean, <sighs> I met you in, what was it like, how many years ago was it? 
Uh, five or six, probably. Five or six years ago. Before that, I had that other gentleman who uh, used to repair tanks for Samadhi, <laughs> who's a great guy. Yeah. And he, he told me about you. And uh, the guy was fixing my Samadhi tank. My Samadhi tank had fucked up. Something, something. It wasn't the tank that fucked up. It was the heater. Like, it burnt through the, uh, the lining of the waterbed. And it shorted out the whole thing. It was a disaster. Like, sometimes those heating elements, they just, they'll pop. You know, for whatever reason, they, just, they cook, and it just melted a hole through the thing. So he had to repair it. He had to repair the lining. And while he was repairing the lining, he goes, you know, there's this guy in Venice that makes these, like, really high-tech tanks. And he goes, you should contact him. His name is Crash. He's kind of an interesting guy. And so uh, <laughs> I, I asked him about it, and uh, he went into depth about all the crazy shit that you had done to these tanks and what they looked like. And he sent me to your website, and I saw the tank. And this is pre the stand-up tanks. They were still, like, s- smaller, like um, ones like Samadhi, but way better constructed. You, you had figured out how to do it where it was just like this. It looks like a meat locker. I mean, it's so solid and well-built. And all your crazy filtration system and everything. And I realized that you were this one lone dude out there who was innovating in this sort of forgotten business. This sort of forgotten aspect of, uh, of, of modern-day understanding of the mind. I mean, it's really, it was ignored somehow or another. I don't know what happened. I don't know how all these scientists and geniuses missed out on the sensory deprivation tank promotion. They should have been talking about it everywhere. It is a mind-blowing evolution in, in meditation. It's a mind-blowing next step in meditation where you instantaneously go, if you get good enough at it and you do it long enough, you instantaneously can go to psychedelic states, intense introspective objective psychedelic states that are they 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 change your life they fundamentally change the way you think about life and the fact that these people aren't promoting this because it's not a drug it's it's totally safe it's totally easy to acquire it's it's totally uh it it ends anytime you want you open the door to get out and it's over there's no repercussions there's no weirdness to it you instantaneously drift back into normal consciousness no one's talking about it no one was doing it. And I, and I found you. And Brian created this uh, video. Brian was the guy who made that video where we uh, went down to the basement and videotaped the, uh, the tank. And uh, from, from that video on, we started hearing more and more people opening up these centers. They started going crazy. They started opening up all over the place. And you continue to innovate. And you haven't said a word yet, by the way. Have you noticed that? <laughs> well, no, I don't have to. I mean, you're, I, I, I'm just nodding my head. I mean, you're doing such a good job at the uh, at your appraisal of the situation that, uh, you know, I, I don't want to dilute it. No, I, I just feel noise. like I'm yapping really? too much. Not but, at all. No, but, I'm really enjoying this because you are the guy that six years ago, whatever it was, that first understood that too. Not only was I out there, uh, you know, kind of standing around by myself, but – you know, when when I found you, then that really escalated the exposure in general, and that just isn't for me. Or it has to do with industry overall. Once that you know, you became because you're you're an honest guy, and your opinion people uh, trust it. And and when you say something, then that uh, it, it has value. You know, there's there's other been people say, oh, this that whatever. You know, it doesn't have that that sincerity. The uh, the true, uh, you know, from from uh, what you believe type thing. It's a lot of times influenced by this or that. 
But once you, you know, and, and you've been, like I say, even with the device thing was a big thing with this. In the, oh, Hamilton as, Morris. It was great. He's incredible. Great. And without you, that wouldn't have happened. You know, it's just uh, and that these things help out everybody right now because the industry deserves a uh, opportunity to uh, to expand and become uh, available to people in general. Because like, it is an important thing to a person that's in the process of uh considering what it is that they're doing with themselves, which, mm-hmm. which I think is very important for people to uh, take responsibility for their actions and what, 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 what they do and what they say. Because, you know, you, you can, uh, you're free to do that. You know, you're, you're allowed to be different. You're allowed to go ahead and say, you know what, I don't think this is quite the way that I, you know, and the, this is becoming actually more popular now. Is, is like freaky people mm-hmm. that are able to go out and say, oh, well, hey, maybe that. And they're going, oh, yeah. They're doing all kinds of weird stuff. I don't even know what, what a Pilates is, but you know, it's, it's catching on. You know, right, right. I, you know, a, I don't know if it's just our neighborhood or what it is in L.A., but you know, these different yoga, spinning, all these yeah. different uh, activities that, 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 are, that people do. And, and a, a lot of the crossover, too, currently is based on these athletes mm-hmm. that, that you have contact with or that respect your perspective or whatever, and they show up. That guy, uh, Jeremy Stevens, was mm-hmm. here the other day again. Yeah, and then I watched him uh, on a clip. The other day. I don't know when that this fight weekend. Was it was this past weekend. Is that when he got Great. that guy down? Amazing fight. He kicked him, and then no, no, he... no. That was a knockout that he had in the previous fight. <sighs> Man, yeah, that that was... I just saw that the other day. He, he, uh, he, uh, he. Did you guys? That was in this? Brazil. <sighs> yeah, incredible. And yeah, he's such Stevens a nice a guy. Great guy. He's All those guys, very smart too. Oh yeah, no. A lot of those guys are surprisingly nice and surprisingly smart. I think a lot of people have this this idea about people that are involved in combat sports that they're mean or they're assholes. Quite the contrary. Uh, yeah, I find to be some of the most level, uh, well-adjusted people we come in contact with. They're not trying to prove anything. Because they're already secure with who they are. And- yeah, they're more level. That's the best way of, of putting it. Like, because you're forced to get your ego checked on a super regular basis, and when that happens, you kind of you just have a better view of things. You know, you don't. You, people are constantly afraid of losing, and when you're a fighter, you lose in the gym all the time, and you kind of mellow that out. You get an understanding of who you are, and you and also the blowing off of the energy in the gym. You just you feel so much better. You're more chilled. You're more relaxed about stuff. Like a lot of people, a lot of what their stress is is that their body's a battery. Their body's mm. building up all this energy, and it never gets exerted. So you're taking in all this food. You're you're sitting in a cubicle. You're sitting in your car. You're sitting at the movies. You're constantly sitting and not doing anything, and you're just irritable. Your body's just trying to fuck, dude. You fucking move. Get something going. Come on. We got all this shit pent up, and then someone would get in front of you in traffic. Fuck you. Oh yeah. You know, and people wonder where that's coming from. Well, that's coming from you're you're all backed up. You know, you you are backed up. I know there's nothing scientific whatsoever to what the I just said. The trigger is short on some of us, you know. Yeah. Pretty, uh... It's also, you know, you're not getting your endorphins to kind of calm you down. And I think that the tank represents a level of that in some way. That I think that it's, it's a thing that should not just be uh, something that people, it becomes popular, but... Pop, Something that be- it becomes popular in in a way where people get a chance to to do a new thing that they could get excited about, which is one of the things that people like with like Pilates or yoga, a new thing that they could be excited about that could benefit them mentally, which is where I think we're missing out on a lot of this stuff. I think yoga does benefit you mentally. I think it calms you down and it's very good for you physically. But 
the physical aspect and the mental aspect coincide. With the tank, it's 100% mental. It's a weird, weird experience. Plus, it's available to, for, a, for a human being to actually participate in. This mm-hmm. meditation where you sit yes. in a room with your legs crossed mm-hmm. and you're supposed to check out somehow. Yeah. I, can't, I, I can't do that. But I go sit in that box for a couple few hours and uh, go all kinds of different things. You well, know? you know, the, the meditation is possible. I know that there's people that do that kundalini yoga and they have these intense psychedelic visions. And I believe them 100% because... You, you you do have endogenous chemicals that the brain produces that can give you psychedelic experiences. Like we know about dimethyltryptamine and we know about 5-methoxydimethyltryptamine being produced by the human body. So if those are being produced by the body, there could easily be some ancient method of stimulating that production, of releasing some sort of a burst of that production. And so these super kundalini masters, which seems like it would be something you'd want to do, but for whatever reason, I'm not compelled. (laughs) I'm not compelled enough to learn it. But they can experience natural DMT trips at the highest levels of their art form, which I believe. I think you just got to get really good at sitting there. You you just got to get really good at yoga positions. You got to get really good at meditating. You got to get really good at just getting good enough at yoga physically that you could just sort of fall into these forms. And then when you're falling into these forms and supporting yourself in some way by, by making your body work like that, you like heighten your expression to whatever it is that yoga is trying to tap into. And it's very psychedelic, but it's still not the tank. And it's difficult. You know, for me, because yeah. I'm too uh, too wound up. To, I can't sit somewhere and just sit there. But but if you tried, maybe the, be, you could force yourself. Yeah, it would have to force me. You know, and, and so it's like. But do you think that that would be good for you to force yourself see, to do I something like that? I don't no? have the uh, the. It's just not in my uh, my you know, the way that I uh, operate. You know what I mean? I have an operating right. when I'm awake. I'm looking at like even when I'm out snowboarding or uh, riding my whatever. I don't wear the earplug earphones mm-hmm. or whatever. If I'm right, I need to listen to what's right. happening, man. It's all like all the time. So it's like uh, distractive uh, in general, but mm-hmm. in there cuts everything off and I go straight into my head and there's nothing else there except for that. And I see what you're saying too about the physical for some folks. They just are not interested in doing anything that's really physically strenuous. I totally understand that. And that energy winds up being, they distribute that energy to their work. Like you do, like you're kind of uh just a, a mad fiend with your work and your constant improvements and innovations to all this stuff. Like, you know, your energy goes where your energy is probably best suited. You know, it's it's not the same for everybody. That's what I'm trying to say. Some people have extra time or they're they're in a process or a pursuit and that's a uh, a viable uh, uh method of expression. Plus it's a that. good way to meet chicks with nice legs. That's what I think the the, the probably the, the the most uh advantageous uh. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise well, why are they going? Was it Bikram yeah. yoga where it's yeah. all sweaty there it's and ridiculous. there's a four hundred degrees and you're going, Oh wow, this is a lot of fun. You you're know, basically having sex with a room full of people. Yeah, you know, it's like it's the strangest thing ever. Now, you see, with all these things in mind, the the chamber doesn't sound so bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I was saying, just go in this thing and lay down there, and and all of a sudden you have the ability to uh, tap into yourself. I like both, man. I really do like doing yoga. We like to go pump up. I'm yeah. going to get me one of those uh, gorilla, a couple of those uh, kettlebells. Kettle uh, yeah, that was, yeah, I like all what you just had to say about that. <laughs> Start small, though. Yes. Yeah, I like yeah. a baby gorilla or something. Do you me. do any exercises? No. Nothing? Nope. I go up and down the stairs. That works. That's something. Yeah, and I walk and, you know. That is a decision that people don't realize. Like, if you get to the airport and every time there's a stairway, you force yourself to take the stairway. Every time there's, you know, 
escalator, you avoid that and get the stairs. That just that alone will make your trip just slightly better. Yeah, just get a little blood flow in your body. I like there, that fella. Turbo Sonic too. You ever get on? Oh yours? yeah, yeah, I got ever, that. Yeah. yeah, I got it from you. That yeah, thing's yeah. fun. You get on? I get on that once in a while because I don't like that that donut top. Was it the muffin uh, mm-hmm. muffin top? I don't like to have that thing, so I, I got to. So make it helps sure you lose weight. It'll get. I don't do it, you know, too much for my uh, stomach, like sit ups or something like mm-hmm. this to try to get that from uh, collecting down there. But standing on that thing, it kind of uh, helps. Uh, I think, at least, I psychologically believe it's something I'm doing for well, exercise. Wasn't that thing invented for Russian cosmonauts to keep them in orbit? Yeah, I think that they were uh, having issues with uh, um, muscle uh, deterioration and uh, atrophy or whatever. So they, uh, I guess, incorporated this uh, system of vibration into the uh, strengthening of their muscles, apparently. But I I don't really know. It it seems like, well, where did they take it? Did they take it up in the ship with them? Yeah, that's a good question. They stop off somewhere at the the place, you know, and and check it. Because you would have to have gravity to use it, right? Yeah, where's it at? You know, is there some electricity? Seems like a bulky piece to bring up with you if you're... Limited amount of space, you well, know, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't it all also seem that you, um, if you did use it up in space, like it wouldn't work? Yeah, because it no shoots you right up, maybe. Who knows? You don't have any resistance. Yeah, you have, the gravity's like half the thing, right? I think that's the principle that it's working with. Uh, well, chambers in space then would work fine. You take a chamber up there to space, you wouldn't have to use as much salt there or something. I think it feels good. That's why I like it. <laughs> the vibrating on it Yeah, like I that. don't know. I don't know if it's doing anything Beneficial. for me. Yeah. But I think, I feel it's like a little body massage. When I get on there, and for folks who don't know what it is, it's like some sort of a giant speaker, but it doesn't make sound. It just sends, it's, a, it's such so weird to describe. It sends like sonic waves, right? Yeah, it moves you up and down. It's a voice coil, mm-hmm. which is like a, it's like a, you know, a speaker has a voice coil and has a cone on it. Then the voice coil moves the cone up and down. That creates a sound wave. This does have a cone, has a platform. So it moves you up and down at a variety of frequencies. So it kind of runs you through a pattern. and Yeah. Then you could dial it up and say, oh, mm-hmm. I want this is supposed to do this or that. You know, it, it, I thought it was going to be a big hit, be a big hit you know, because I think it has something to do with that fat ass syndrome, you know, or the people that get that going on from too much of the stopping off at the wrong places, you know, and all of a sudden. I don't know if the TurboSonic can fix that. <laughs> well, that's a good start. You know, they should do it. I think they the, should, you know, <laughs> eat, eat less of that shit and work out a little bit. But what I do know about it is whatever it does, it feels good. You know, I don't. I don't know why it feels good. I'm not sure. But it feels like a little, when you're getting vibrated, it feels like a little massage. Like, oh. Yeah, you can believe you know? something's happening. You know, I don't yeah. know exactly what's going on, but it, it seems to be something. You know, it's all right. And the yeah. variations, too. It's really cool. Yeah, it goes in a cycle uh, where it'll go really fast and really slow. And then really, so it ke- keeps you kind of interested in it. And it's supposed to, by doing that, it's supposed to be stimulating individual glands. And get your flow going. You know, you're, uh, like you were saying about that, working up like that. And you got to get your body in motion, you know, I, th- I think people they sit too f- long on a chair all day long without moving around. I don't think it's probably not that good. Yeah, we've talked about it a million times. The whole thing is just <sighs> sitting in a, an office is a fucking terrible way to live your life. It's supposed to be super bad for you. As I sit in an office, well, you know, this <laughs> but we only do it at like three hours at a pop, and even then, I get up and I'm like. Ugh. I have an office. I sit in my office every day, all day long. Then I get out of it and go back to it. You know, an right. office is how you set it up. I think. See, this is okay to sit around here. This is a fine office. Sort of offices are the. They got that the horrible light, mm-hmm. and then there's this. There's the. There's the rules, and you got a suit on. You know, yeah. now you're sitting in the office. The whole thing represents a bummer. Do you think you have to do that to people to get them to work? 
do you have to make them wear a suit to get them to work? I mean, if you if you let people wear T-shirts and jeans and shit, would they take insurance as seriously as they do if they're wearing that goofy monkey suit? You know, would they stick to the company line when they're on the phone giving those uh, those pep speaks? You pep wonder speeches? what's the image they're trying to project. What is it you're trying to, you know? I'm uh, a no-nonsense guy, Mr. Crash. Yeah, I guess it's Well, I look at my tie, and I never swear. Why, when I'm at the office, I'm completely appropriate. And I'm leaving these guys every time because I just don't think that that's who I want to be doing anything with, is these characters that are not <laughs> working on their own, uh, you know, uh, they're, this is, oh, they're for these guys or those guys. Who are you? What do you want? What's your story? Well, these guys or those guys. You know what I mean? You're right. working for somebody, and you sh- that's why you're showing up in a tie and a suit. Or you have a bunch of people working for you, and you want to look the role. Yeah, you got to look in- impressive. Company. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm here to sell insurance, Mr. <laughs> Crash. I'm a no-nonsense guy. Look at my cuff. They're perfectly yeah, that's, that's, cut that's, Those guys that do that, those commercials on the TV, uh, rich person or whatever it is, they say, oh, look at my boat. Oh, I have these houses everywhere, and I got a yacht. Look, look at, at all my real look estate, all this stuff Mr. I got, Crash. Yeah. I'm living you like just a go ahead winner. And, meanwhile, I'm standing here in this terrible auditorium with a bunch of you, and, and this is what I'm begging for you maybe to give me some of your money so I I can continue on with my maybe, maybe not lifestyle that, you know. It yeah, there's a lot of those weird guys that are like motivational speakers and they <laughs> mo- they motivate you to come to their seminars and they make a fuckload of money from your, <laughs> exactly. from, from your money. Job. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought you had a boat. You're out fishing. <laughs> What's going on? It seems like you're still hanging out here at this place. This is a bummer in here. I can hardly wait to leave. <sighs> this is your day. You know, you're getting. Uh, anyway. Yeah. It's not the best way to live life for me. No. But I'm glad someone's doing it. If they no one was do doing it. it, we would not have Apple computers. You would not have Samsung phones. You would not have Audi cars. You wouldn't have these things if somebody wasn't out there busting their ass every day in an office. People like it. Some people are suited for that type of, uh, of, a, of a lifestyle. So maybe if we reach too many people with this message of get your shit together, it'd be terrible for civilization as a whole. Overall. Maybe this would weaken us and like the Chinese <laughs> would take over. Oh. This could be ooh. it. This could be it. Crash, this this could be the determining factor for yes, that. I mean, we're fucking it up. We're fucking it up with these goddamn isolation tanks and these medical marijuana dispensaries. Oh, those Everybody's are horrible too, man. Reconnecting. <laughs> Everybody's Somebody's reconnecting with happy. nature. Oh, they yeah. don't want to live our unnatural life. How are you going to continue to build these buildings and launch these missiles if we don't continue to live our unnatural life. The more we tune into the natural life, the more we see how ridiculous it is. The more we wake up. It's coming our way. I think that people are coming around right now. It's, it's happening. I think it is. You know, I think the, you're right. The, 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 if you look at it, like America is important, you know, even though I, I don't have a flag or nothing like that, but, but it, it's where we live and it's kind of like where we're from and it's you know, sort of like what we're supposed to be uh, you know, proud about. You're supposed to say, "Oh, I'm from here, and I and I, and, I, and I'm really glad about that because where it is and the way they operate, I, I'm I'm I, uh, I go along with that." But it, it's gotten too far now, in my opinion, which is you know everybody's gone. It needs to get to where the people actually get an overview again, where they start to evaluate situations and then make correct decisions based on now. And instead of like these prehistoric uh, versions of what's got us to here. Need to be, uh, you know, hopefully at some point, let go with and and get a new evaluation that's that's uh, pertains to where we're at now in the world. What what can we do now to get along with people? How can we work together? 
this even if these military see what the, the I think that there we sell a lot of guns in this country and uh, in pharmaceuticals. So you say, oh, I don't think we're going to get out of the bomb business because it's our business, you know. So we have to figure out how to get these guys working, doing something good, you know. So we don't like say, oh, all your jobs are gone now. Figure out how we could go in and do stuff together. Use our money and our resources to create situations that are beneficial for people. They're not. We're not going to make friends by shooting at people. We all know that. I mean, this is you know, this is some kind of a fictitious uh, a concept that we can go over and make people happy by by killing them. You know, what I mean. Well, the concept of war being for financial benefit is still pretty alien to a lot of folks. They don't believe it. They don't, they don't believe that that's why wars are started. Where's our money believe. at? Yeah. Well, what all you'd have to consider is how much benefit there could have been done to America. I mean, if you're really a pro-America person and uh, you, re- you really are a patriot, think about what a, what a benefit it would have been to America to take a lot of that money that went to this crazy war that no one believes in anymore and try to clean up inner cities, try to fix Chicago, try to fix... Fix the border towns. Try to help Mexico. How we fun have a would dangerous, that be? We have a dangerous situation uh, like 100 miles from us. I mean, what, what the fuck is that? You go to, what, what, how long, how far is it to San Diego? It's two hours. two hours. So what is that? 120 miles? Something like that? Um, 240, I think. They're in our neighborhood. What? How fast are you going, bitch? <laughs> You're not going 130 no, miles an hour, one, you fucking retard. 140. What? 140? 140 miles? Like like okay, so 70 miles an hour for two hours. That's Mexico. That's crazy. It's a two-hour drive to a third-world country that's in turmoil, and we don't do a goddamn thing about it. And we're sending people to some place that's so far removed from us that just coincidentally happens to have oil. That's not why we're here. That is not why we're here, Mr. Crash. We're here to fix things. We the oil mess. thing is a funny one. we got a mess over here. <laughs> we have all these people that killed people in New York City from Saudi Arabia, but we need to get over here and over here. Like <laughs> Do you know what I don't believe? That oil is fossil fuel. They say, oh, "Oh, it's it's from a fossil. You think, oh, I got fossils. They're rocks. You know, I mean, there's pressure under the ground. So, oh, so in other words, it used to be the same dinosaurs out in the middle of the ocean. But I don't think uh, they think it's dinosaurs anymore. I think they think it's rotten plankton. Yeah, up at the top of the frozen Alps and at the bottom of the uh, ocean and over here in the desert. And everywhere at one time there was plankton all over now or whatever to make these gigantic puddles of this stuff that we're pumping out for some reason. And then you say, "Oh, look! Step back and say, what? What are the from an alien? Say, what are those guys doing down there? Well, you know, they they're, they're pumping this stuff out of there, the oil they call it, and they, they turn it into a uh, plastic material that that litters the planet. They can't get rid of it, or they take it and then they burn it into the atmosphere and, and poison themselves. And then and then what they do? They spend all their money to fight amongst each other to see who gets control of it. And you're, you're thinking this whole stuff isn't really that necessary. It could be done without. Back to the hemp again. Look at that hemp and what it has to offer, comparatively yeah. speaking. Well, it's just too too difficult to control. You know, there was a book on the process of, of, of oil being developed that they were trying to speculate somehow or another that it was, um, that it was developed through a natural process in the earth. And they were saying that our ideas of it were incorrect, but I don't think it was well received. I have the book. I never read it. I bought I it, and I was it. like, "I'm going to read that one day." And it just sat there. I never fucking read it. I just couldn't get behind it. It just seemed, it, it seemed kind of goofy that anybody wouldn't have figured that out by now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're going, "Wow, that thing about the planets too." How they're supposed to be circulating the Earth, what the Sun? Let's say the Sun's moving, right? Mm-hmm. Say it's going this way. 
So now they have us believe that other planets are circling the sun. I think that this makes more sense to me. And there's other, you know, this isn't my thought, but somebody showed, they, they, and I, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Say this sun is going this way. Well, what makes us think we're not in rotation in a vortex being pulled by the sun going somewhere? Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're on a trip, man. We're going somewhere. We started off where? Where was the sun 100 years ago? Where's it at now? And then where are we going to be later on? I believe the sun is pulling us through space and we're in... Well, that's not a belief. That's a fact. That's uh, that's absolutely what's happening. The whole galaxy is moving. Yeah, no, this is something that uh, astrophysicists have figured out a while ago is that the whole universe is kind of moving. That's that expansion thing. Mm -hmm. I don't. I think we're going. Our galaxy's moving. I I think we're going in a direction somewhere. I think that if we figured out where's the sun and where is it off to, I think we're behind it. I think that we're following it in. This is the way the right. rotation. I don't know which way is up or down in here. Where's the north? I think south, that you know? is exactly how it's supposed to be described. I think as it goes, you know, we're circling around it. I think we're going around this way. I don't know. Well, I'm too fucking stupid. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't either. understand it at all. So, I mean, uh, when I watch those scientific uh, documentaries on space, it's one of the most fascinating things ever, and most fascinating so that it's so rarely brought up in regular conversation. That's where some of this money should go into, like yeah. expansion of the of the reality uh, situation we're in here. Like, say, oh, look at we have this and that we can think about now. Get these scientists to guy- tell them to put the phone down first off. Put their That's phone down. Enough on the phone. It's Don't a Geiger think- counter. It's a wind designer. <laughs> it tells you the name of the tune that's on. You know, which right. uh, it's like okay, it's a phone. And what's Nobody answers it, which is what really freaks me out, man. I got, I, I got to call everybody at night and say, hey, don't forget to come down tomorrow. I know right. you made an appointment, but I'm convinced that you're not going to be able to remember it. So I'm calling you now <laughs> to say, oh, hey, don't forget. And then I get 20% people answer the phone say, oh, yeah, no problem. Got it. The other 80% is uh, me leaving a message, you know, which I can't stand leaving a message. But I'm thinking they got it in their hand. They right. got it right here. They got how aren't they answering the phone? It's a phone. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, but, but don't you think it's good that there's all these capabilities that these things have? Smartphones? I think it's like, good ever peop- other people have them. Bitcoin I- on it. You <sighs> can you could uh, check out an email link that somebody sends you. You don't think that's good? I think it's good for you know you know people that want to do that. Oh, I think it's good. I think it's good. I just think the problem is overuse. The problem is overuse of anything, though. It's overuse of softball. If you just became a fucking softball junkie and you're out there <laughs> on the field every day throwing that ball in the air, hitting them by yourself into a tree, and people are like, "What is Tom doing? Can't wait for that fucking game on Sunday." Yeah, he's like Jesus Christ, Tom, you got a family, you got a wife at home. Get home. You know you're obsessing. You're freaking people out, man. I think that's bad, too. But yeah. I think the phone in moderation is a, a beautiful thing. It's an amazing how much scientific uh, advancements they've done on a phone in the past how many years. If yeah. they put that kind of brain power into anything, we're driving the same car almost. I guess pretty the simple. Tesla's got a pretty new thing with some kind of motorized or whatever. Yeah, but, it's pretty similar to the cars that we had. I was just <laughs> talking with uh, uh, a friend last night about how like the cars of 10 years ago when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I was in high school, I was 14 in 1984. That's when I was in high, or 1981 when I was in high school. And um, there was a, uh, a 1970 Chevelle that this kid had that was in my school. And uh, I guess he was like maybe two years older than me, so he might have been like 16. But he had this 1970 Chevelle, and everybody was like, holy shit, yeah. look at that. It was a classic. It's a 70 Chevelle SS. SS well, think about it. That's only, that's only 11 years old. That's yeah. only 11 years old. 
Like, how is a car 11 years old, like a classic back then, but an 11-year-old car today, it's like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, if you got a hold of a, would that be a 2003, a 2003 car? Yeah. That's like, that's a modern car. Like, what happened? How'd that, how'd that happen? Drop the ball. Something happened. They didn't so, get like, going with They it. might have hit, like, some sort of technological... They're constantly pushing the boundaries as far as, like, this, the speed that cars can go and the G-forces that they can handle. And, like, they get, like, the track times get a little bit better every year with their sports cars. But for the average regular car, like, at a certain point in time, what else can you improve? You can Did add you see those some road uh, blocks that were up there? Those people, they got that uh, road... They made those tiles that light up. Oh, yeah, yeah, the solar <sighs> road panels. Man, incredible. Incredible, incredible idea. Lights the city up like Tron and yeah. stuff, and they're collecting energy, mm-hmm. the car. And they could, that could totally be implemented, too. Apparently, that's completely realistic. It's crazy. We're there already. We just have to get, get, get somebody to say, you know, a hike. Do you know how weird, <laughs> do you know how weird city streets look? Can, can you imagine if you lived in a, the time before electricity and then someone brought you to New York City, Times Square, Saturday night, and you're walking through <laughs> and you're seeing all these lights and all this craziness and the cars with the lights, and you're like, holy shit, I can't believe this. That would be like a really intense sort of a change. But I wonder if it would be as intense as all the roads being lit. Whew. All the roads being lit. Whew. To us right now, that might be like, we might not be able to, we might have to address the fact that we live in the future. Like if all of our fucking, ro- I mean, we might at all collectively just go, what the fuck are we doing? Look what we're doing. We have solar powered roads. That's progress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see, then they're not breaking down. or They have alternative purposes. They're not only to drive on, but they have other information. They change. It would be so strange, though, the way it would alter our, our world. Like, our vision of the world would look totally different. If Hong Kong was lit up with those kind of stuff, I wonder what the effect would be. I, w- I feel like it would make people more festive. It, you know, I or feel aware. Like- I mean, you're driving out on this road already. These cars are just trying to tune yourself out because of the. It's such a tedious process to get from point A to point B in a car. Yeah, it's gray, and there's other people jammed up in there, and the speed's not what you like or whatever. You know, so it's kind of a the transportation. I think they got some room to improve on that for us. You know, if they if they put the phone down. <laughs> yeah, if they put the phone down. Yeah, I, get, get I think the phone is helping them communicate, though. Maybe they phone can use the phone them. to make the cars. Yeah, this is the roadways. These are the sole roadways. There's that guy, Zach. He was over the other day. So we looked him up to see. He's, he's on the uh, Silicon Valley show mm-hmm. or something. So we want to see. Who, he's a funny guy, but anyway. We, we, I wanted to see what was the show, Silicon Valley. I've never seen the show. It's a funny show. It's on HBO. I've only, I only watched one episode, but it was really funny. We brought it up, and there he was, and he's getting – the car came to pick him up. And it, it, he looks in there, and there's like – I say, oh, he's like, you got in the car. There's nobody in there. And he says, oh, yeah, I'm going to wherever it was. And then the car took off. <laughs> it's all by itself driving it, you know. Yeah, well, they're going to have that. I mean, they they essentially have that now. The Google cars, where they're experimenting ah. with it, and they they haven't had any accidents. They, the, none of the accidents that they've been involved with have been the Google cars' fault. I think a few people have bumped into them, jump out in front of them, or uh... no, no, none of that. They haven't hit anything. <laughs> But they, they apparently have radar. They can sense when things are in front of you. I mean, you've seen that on cars. When you get close to the car in front of you, it'll make like a beep, 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 beep. Like I rented yeah. a car this weekend that does it. They park themselves now, some cars. Yes, could, they can it, parallel park themselves. Parallel park yeah. itself, which is yeah. uh, redonkulous. Well, like they just decided, you motherfuckers are too stupid to do this. We have to help you. 
Excellent. Yeah. Uh, this is where I want the money for my car that I'm going to buy to be invested in the ability of it to then park itself. You but know? you know what? There's a thing that's going on right now where people are trying to go retro with a lot of shit. Because like, uh, there's a lot of people that like old cars now. There's a lot of people that like like refurbished things. Because they don't want any of that. They don't want all of that interference. They don't want all of that disconnect between them and an actual machine. Well, you could work on it. You're a car guy. Mm-hmm. You, you look under a car lid now. You're looking under there. And you're going, what is under here you now? Can't is this, do the, shit with is that, this the trunk or is the motor in here? I don't even know which which side yeah. is which on this thing yet. You know, if you can pop the hood of a 1970 Chevelle, you There's can get this, in that, there, man. Work on it. You got to wrench out distributor cap. It's right there. You can grab it with your hand. There's your oil filter. You can hold on to it. Yeah. There's the dipstick. You, you can, can see it. how much oil's in there with a stick. <laughs> what now is that? You got computers. You have to it's run a, it. Oh, you got to go down and get your guy. You have to have a guy. Yeah, guy. you have to have a guy. And the thing, a computer Ugh. can go wacky on you too. That also can happen. That that happens occasionally. <laughs> I mean, obviously there's a mechanical breakdown too, but computers can go See, wacky. That's on your you. guy's guy. After you get a guy, then he has to have a guy say, "Hey, oh oh, yeah. my stuff isn't correctly but, working." But on the pl- flip side, you have navigation screens, you have backup cameras, you have all this cool shit that electronics provide too. It's I see both sides of it, but I I do see like the appeal of like driving an old VW Bug, like a VW Bug from like 1970. Not much horsepower or anything, but man, what a what a connection you have to the road with that piece of shit. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's not good at handling. It doesn't have good brakes, but. You know, when you see one, there's like a little You're bit of You're actually driving it. Yeah, I wish I could drive You're one You're participating <laughs> in the project, you know. My friend Jimmy had one when we were in high school. I was an idiot. I always had muscle cars. And my friend Jimmy had this VW Bug. And it was like, you know, we like I said, this is right out of high school. So I, I, I graduated in 85 and Jimmy was ahead of me. And so I think that it was probably like 1986 or something along those lines. And uh, he had this 1960-something bug, like 69 bug. <laughs> it was ugly, light blue, you know, but it was great. It was something cool about it. It was like we had a big smile on our face when we were driving around in it. You know, there was something about... Yeah. First of all, he's like, you know, a pretty macho guy and uh, is a construction worker. He's just a really smart dude, too, though. So he got himself a fucking VW Bug. <laughs> he's like, it gets great gas mileage. Like, the wind would blow and the car would move. Like, you could feel the car moving if a good breeze hit it. Like, your fucking car is moving from the wind, man. Like, what are we doing? We're in a go-kart. Yeah, they do handle better now, cars. Oh, what time that's, the, that's the understatement of the year. Snowboards, Brakes. too. Brakes Everything. are amazing. amazing. I'm surprised by brakes. I had to stop from like 65 to zero like like on the freeway the other day, Ooh. and it just was like, that like automatic butter. Locks, it was like, no you have that sweet, that sweet new Volkswagen. Yeah. That's, that's got like sports perfect. Brakes. I forgot you had that. Perfect contrast to the Volkswagen that we were talking about yeah. because my friend Jimmy's Volkswagen was like super old school, like that lawnmower engine. Engine. It sounds like a lawnmower the, or a sewing machine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd have to pump the brakes, but it was like a really light, tiny car. Whereas the new one, like we were saying, looks like a like a fat Porsche. Yeah. It yeah. looks like a, like some sort of a spaceship, like an Audi or something like that. Huh. The new VW Bug is pretty dope looking. Yeah. Huh. They they pretty much redesigned it for guys, and they got rid of all the girl shit in it, like that the flower pots mm-hmm. and shit like that that used to be in the old ones, like yeah. the more ones that look like bubbles. And know? it's a perfect example of a car that like shows the improvement of today's cars because the the performance and handling of a VW Bug is better than like a 1970 Porsche 
If you got a Porsche from 1970, those bitches had like skinny ass steering wheels that were big, like hula hoops, and you had shitty ass skinny tires. Like they, they didn't handle that well. Mm. They just weren't that good in comparison to like what your car could do. If you, if you brought your car back in time, like when they had the 1969 Porsche, and you showed them your car, they'd be <laughs> fucking blowing you. Was they'd be like, car? "You're a wizard from the future." Yeah, this is the 2014 Turbo. I have this car, but the convertible. Doesn't it have like 250 horsepower or something yeah, like that? Yeah, they just put a new engine in it. I forget what exactly it is. They're like fast fucking fast cars. Fuck. Yeah. Like, that was a big deal. Like to have, I mean, that would be a little bit um, heavier than an old Porsche, for sure. But the, if you could get that kind of horsepower in an old car, I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, they have these new Mustangs, the Mustang GT, the new one that's out. Just a, just a straight Mustang GT has like 450 fucking horsepower oh, or something crazy like that. They're selling that to people, huh? Oh, yeah, but that's like their basic car. And then they have a Shelby that comes out later that's going to have more than 600 horsepower. Like, th- that wasn't accessible back in 1970. There should be a place to go drive these things. Say, hey, look, yeah. it, we got a place you can go drive it. To get something even remotely as fast in like 1970, you had a special order shit. You had to go to a mechanic. You had to find some dude who knows how to put nitrous on a car. But now you can just buy it. You Weird, just, huh? How they allow people to have something like that? Well, it's just a faction of what we're doing. A faction of this con- con- continual improvement. This It's a, uh, a process. And it's a product of those things. It's a product of this continual improvement. And it's a product of our constant desire for new shit. We want the car that does 0 to 60 in 3.4 because the car that does 0 to 60 in 3.6 is outdated. You look at the specs. Oh, this car went around the Nürburgring in 7 minutes and 25 seconds. People freak out. They go, I can't believe that. My car does it in 740. My car is a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, asshole, you're not going around the Nürburgring. Like, what are you doing, man? man? Like, if you drove my friend Jimmy's VW Bug, that might make you feel better. Than driving some ridiculous car that goes zero to sixty in two seconds and corners at two G's, you know. Where do you drive cer- it at, though? Well, it's a certain a certain part of that you lose the fun. There's like a fun in driving. You know, there's a guy named Dario uh, Franchitti, I think you say his name. He's a race car driver, and um, he drives uh, his 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 car to his fun car to drive is like a 1973 Porsche. With like a big engine in it, he put like a more modern engine in a 1973 Porsche. Like he could get like a Veyron or any of these like super complicated cars that they're making today. But a guy who's an actual race car driver decided to go for like the gritty feel of an old car combined with modern technology. He's a very smart guy. You know, he's like all these zero to sixty times. He goes, "Yes, it's important when you're race car driving, but not for the pleasure of driving." Like so, that's the guy I listen to. Yeah, I mean that's the guy. He does it for a living. So if he chooses to drive drive like uh an old car that like really you really feel everything that's probably the most pleasurable. Got a lot of merit yeah. yeah we like passed the pleasurable point and yeah. went to some weird numb point with cars where the stealing's like this and you don't feel any of the bumps you know it's, it's weird yeah it's a, it's a, not organic you know yes. i guess it's kind of a, not organic it's not very mumford and sons yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not very uh yeah that, that's the trend today the trend today is to go with like a handmade clock, you know, like, oh, see that clock? It was handmade. And people are like, ooh, you know, there's wow. something cool about that as opposed to like, if you lived in 1970 and you got a digital clock, you were the pimp of the year. 
Like this guy has a digital oh, clock in his house. Look at this like shit. That. Yeah. You go over a dude's house and he had digital alarm clock. You'd be like, this motherfucker's got a digital alarm clock. It's and it was as big as a microwave oven. Red lights on it. <laughs> LED. Yeah. Red. Yeah, man. I remember going over people's houses and they had that. I was I couldn't believe I was looking at it. I was looking at it. Lights. Then it came in a watch. Yeah. They first fuck. they got the clock yeah, in your house son. and they put it on your hand. And you go, that oh, watch look at that. Pimp. 643. Horrific. That's what people say. Hey, what time is it? Oh, it's 760. Uh, you know. <laughs> and remember the batteries were such dog shit that you you had to press it to find the time. And then you'd let it go and the oh, fucking yeah. time would go by. <laughs> That's right. You had to press it. To it didn't the, uh, just stay on no. because it was the, the batteries were dog shit back right. then. Is you it? know, if it was going to stay on, it would have to be like a, a foot yeah, thick. Yeah, the, the battery for that back then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the batteries were just dog shit back then. never thought then. about that. But yeah, Dude, but... I mean, those were, it's, remember the calculator watch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For some reason, that one never took off. It took off, and it got to a certain point, and people were like, wait, 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 wait. What the? How often am I counting shit? <laughs> well, who who is this for? Now. They got the calculator phone now. Yeah, but that's a, your phone is kind of a computer. That's a one-device one choice. One thing, yeah. To, uh, I mean, you're better off with a compass. What if you get lost? Yeah. All you got is a fucking t- yeah. calculator, a fork bitch. Or something. You know, Calculator's what? not going to oh, help you if really, you're lost yeah, in the woods. Boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have something that makes them fire, you yeah. know? Wait. Why do you got a fucking calculator Let's on that? Let's put not that as our first uh, development here. And guys. it's also, the calculator watch was invented with calculators were only like that big. Like, I mean, what the fuck are you doing? How often is that coming up? Except, this is the one thing that I know people are probably yelling at me right now. Except people cheating in school. I bet there was a window. I bet there was a small window where teachers are still fucking old people who are they're, they're out of touch with modern technology in a lot of ways. So there's probably a window where these young little rascals went in there with their technological wizard phones with calculators on. And they probably... I remember doing that. Totally checked. doing that. How long was it before they were made illegal? Do you remember that? I, I don't think they ever really were. I don't think they ever actually caught on because you were always allowed what? to use like calculators to cheat in school. There was those big TI-81 Texas Instrument ones that you had to buy. Remember those mm-hmm. huge calculators? It used to be there was a note field kind of where you could just sit there and write all these like pro, like answers to questions in the calculator, and the teachers never caught on for us on that. We'd just open up all everyone would open up their calculators and look at our notes on their calculators. Oh no, yeah. that's hilarious! Yeah. So it was like um like a a note function on a smartphone. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. It was. It was like the beginning of that. But I remember calculator watches, like we had them, and I don't ever remember being told not to wear it. Like I don't think the even the math teachers even figured it out. Well, let's anything. let's Google that to find out. Because I would think that the only way to get good at math, if you're going to really get good at math, is you have to actually do it. Right. I mean, yeah, math is something that's fun to do. I mean, I, I think when English the cal- is terrible. Okay, you just lost all credibility. You don't like the math. I don't know who you are and what you just said. <laughs> math is, I like it because it's like always the same way. Uh, two plus two is always watch. four. The spelling, yeah, but then you start getting into triangles and shit. Who needs that? Well, that's specialized uh, mathematical. That's uh, all that I care so you just about. Like addition math. I care about the math that's like Harry Potter science, <laughs> yeah. like those guys. The quantum, the quantum deep into the quantum consciousness. I, I like those guys that say shit that I can't understand at all. I love when they're talking that kind of math. When they show me those mathematical computations, and you just go, "What is that? An alien language? Like what is that? I have no idea what that is." Those guys fascinate me the most. They, they, they see that the, the, there's a cartoon where they're all looking at that. There's a big formula on the chalkboard or whatever, they, and they're going, ha, 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 because there's a humor somewhere in the a normal. There was the joke in the uh, formula that a, a regular person's not going to, uh, it's not funny, you know? 
Joe, do you remember glacier? I think they're called glacier glasses. They came. They were out around the same time. They were like like circle glasses, but then they had this little leather piece that went on the side, and then like the 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 arms were like made out of rubber, and they were really popular for like two years in the early eighties, and they were like I, I missed that. I didn't hang out with any of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Google Calculator Watch, man. Yeah. It's actually pretty trippy. They, they came out with one in 1975, man. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, I had one in the, huh. the, one in the one early 80s. I Calculated watch were first were first introduced in the 1970s, and despite enjoying a heyday during the 1980s, continued to be produced. The most notable brand is Casio Databank series. Hmm. The watches were by Timex were also popular. Oh, yeah, um, there's a Wikipedia, but Brian, there's a yeah. Wikipedia where you can see all the old ones. They're, it's a trip, man. It's really fascinating. Like, I, I forgot how silly these things were. Oh, yeah. Look at those. Well, look at the one down. Look at the one even further down. Look at that thing. How do you get your finger on one of those I don't buttons? I that at all. <laughs> what do you got to get a little <laughs> remember that at all, but with? That is the future, man. If you had one of those, you could totally get Star Wars chicks. I think I had this one. Chicks that are like really into Star Wars, they would think you were so cool. <laughs> He's got a fucking calculator on his wrist. It's so ridiculous. It's so future. It's so space. Yeah, that didn't work out. We didn't give a fuck anymore. Now people went back to dials, you know? Like if your car is fancy... Your car has an old school clock on it. Like if you buy a Lexus or something like that, they'll have like a nice clock in it. With like a an actual second tick-tock, hand tick-tock, tick-tock. Oh, Yeah. Okay. And it's to show you this is a luxury item, sir. There's no digital clocks in here, sir. This is a luxury item. I'm like, what do, isn't, it, isn't it just the thing that tells the time? Like what the fuck is going on here? Something's going on here. If you have a, a tick-tock, 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 it's fancy. See this? This is fancy. This is fancy. Can't hear this it. This is though. how I know what time we're at. It's accurate. I don't look at my computer. <laughs> Go away. Yeah, the computer. Is it? Your digital numbers, your exact numbers. I like looking at it's a little fancy clock. It's got a quartz crystal clock. in there too, right? I don't know what's in there. I got that shit at Target. Still going. I don't know what it is. It's just a clock. But I like looking at a clock for whatever reason. It gives me a better sense of what time is than when I look at a number. When I look at numbers, and it's totally illogical, but I look at this number on my computer, the upper left hand or upper right hand corner of my computer, and then I look at that. That's more pleasurable to me for whatever reason. Well, that's an interesting uh, evaluation. You know, it's, I think I have a more natural sense of it's what kind of an time analog is. thing. Yeah, you know the way analog is better than tape too. Mm-hmm. You, you listen into recordings and so forth like that. A lot of times, uh, you know, it used to record in uh, you know analog, and then, then when the digital came out, kind of. Then what they would do is they'll go digital, analog, digital, and then back to analog. You yeah. Know, to try to mix this stuff up to where it sounds. Uh, and I fully understand that for some folks it's the opposite. Some folks they don't like that. That's not pleasing to them, but they love the numbers. Some, mm. I mean, it's all different. It's just me personally. That's how I, I always feel when I I would way rather look at like a. I think clocks are kind of cool. Whenever I look at a watch, part of me goes, "Oh, that's a cool looking watch." The other part of me instantaneously goes it is so goddamn fascinating there's a bunch of moving parts in there amazing that spin and like i'm not a fan of expensive watches i'm not i mean i think some of them look really cool but it's not something that i'm like really into because they seem to me like peacock feathers a little bit but what i am a fan of is the engineering behind those watches i'm i'm a fan of like my watch is not a it's 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 just not an expensive watch at all but it kind of at nighttime it kind of glows 
like I could see the the uh, the hand very clearly at nighttime. That's a good feature. Like ta- yeah, it's a fantastic feature. It doesn't require a battery to do that either, or it doesn't run on any extra. You know, it's not like a thing you have to do, press a button or anything. You can right. always see it. But I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by the engineering involved in it. But I think for a lot of guys, they wear, and I'm not d- criticizing. They look cool as fuck, but it seems very kind of peacocky. You know, when dudes have like diamonds all over their watch and, you know, diamonds in their thing. And My buddy you know, flex watches. He just, he's showing me a watch. Cool. $36,000 for it's a watch. I was looking at it going, oh man, you know. I, don't I met know. a guy that had one in Toronto. He's, I think it was like more than 100000 uh, Yeah. I'm trying to remember what he, he owned like a company that imports them. Very, very nice guy. Well, see, he, he loves watches. Oh, yeah, see, yeah, that's yeah. The, There's people that are into collecting watches, mm-hmm. you know, and they're very uh, matter-of-fact about their watches. You know, they say, oh, this is a Hamilton from, you know, and mm-hmm. they, there's a, they have a, it's like cars. Yeah. And, and watches are another quality, you know, like a good watch, You like you said, it's Swiss engineer. It's a, it's a piece of stuff that, that, that lasts. It, yeah. It's not a piece of junk that's disposable. You get a piece of quality you know, it's a watch, and it, it's got a lot of work put into it, and it's something you'll have forever. It, it, you know, and, and I like that and stuff. I, that's, Electronics probably have the um, the quickest turnaround as far as, like, when they kind of go on you. Like, I've never had a computer last more than five years, but I've had watches that last, like, 20 years. I have a watch that's 20 years old. Twenty, Yeah, it's 20 years old. People got their grandfather's It's not expensive watch. either. It's just a regular watch, and it's, it's like... When my battery dies, I just buy a new watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can totally do that. You can put another battery in that watch. So you, know, you, buy, you, you buy a new watch, you said? Yeah, every time there's See, a battery dies, I'm just like, I just get a new day. watch. <laughs> Bic is the one that did yeah. that to us. They started the, the, the lighter, you throw it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they got the shaver, you throw it out. Then, uh, it, it, what was the other thing? Pen, you throw it out. Remember that? It was all Bic. Yeah. Bic started with but, the uh, throwaway stuff. And then now, it's like the phone goes down, you throw it out. The TV goes out, you throw it out. Yep. Anything goes out, you throw it out. I mean, it's- yeah, we should really reevaluate, reevaluate that whole throwing out plastic shit. When you see all the plastic that's in the ocean, and all these photographs of these birds that have been feeding oh, plastics to their babies, just, uh, and their babies die, and you see that their uh, bellies are filled with uh, plastics. You know what's fucking shit up lately is these uh, those facial cleaners that have the little mm-hmm. beads in them. They're yeah. just these tiny little plastic beads. Mm-hmm. I guess they're fucking up the water and yeah, everything. Yeah, they're not bio degradable yeah. those things they're scrubs and you know what they don't need to use those scrubs you can use seeds yeah. there's seeds that you can mm-hmm. get like um apricot facial scrub like it's an apricot seed and it's just as good and it's biodegradable yeah. like all these little plastic things like it's unfortunate man but a lot of that oh those those goggles remember those glasses mm, they do not i remember having my calculator watch and these glasses were really popular they're called they were called something also like douchebag google glasses but not <laughs> that was a guy who wore them in uh star 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 stargate or something something like that yeah. uh, richard oh, dean maybe yeah the, the, they, the had le- they had they had leather on the glasses it was like that and then your, your cars had brawls on them it's just like we had this weird leather <laughs> we, oh yeah we, you remember yeah. the bras <laughs> we should bring that back bro i think some people still do it man i saw a, a guy with a Corvette the other day at a bra on the Corvette. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, you're rocking a bra on your Corvette." Probably it was an old lawyer. Corvette. It wasn't real leather though, was it? Mm, I don't know. I didn't ask. These are simulated <laughs> stuff. You that's know? a that's a can of worms you don't really want to open up. Yeah, you know, I, I is like that real it. leather? <laughs> I no. had a Supra. I had a bra on my Supra. <laughs> of course not. That, that, that was the shit. Yeah, I think I had a bra once. 
but I think I got rid of it pretty quickly. I was like, what is this stupid fucking thing? What am I doing here? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There was a weird time in the 80s that, 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 that the, the leather, mm-hmm. like there was no reason to have leather on you. Like, look at this big yeah. chunks of leather on your glasses. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I guess the idea is that you want something soft mm-hmm. that, does, that doesn't take light in from the sides. Mm-hmm. But that also fuck up your peripheral, make you very susceptible to hooks. Yeah. <laughs> they they should bring back kicked. the plastic uh, covering for the couches. Now, that was a dream. Oh, that, was, that, a, was, that a, was a dream. <laughs> that was great. That was a dream when people, you go over their house and it was covered with clear plastic. <laughs> you sit down at your grandma's house. It's How ridiculous is that? Everyone wanted to keep things. Saving them. For so long that yeah. they never enjoyed them when they had them. Because shit wasn't disposable. Weird, huh? That's amazing. Yeah, you come in there, and you know, the mom's telling you, "Hey, you can't walk in that room. It's all this way or that." You know, you go, oh, yeah. Okay. Right. People, some people still have towels like that. You're not supposed to use those towels. So well, then get them out of here. They put those little soaps <laughs> in the bathroom. Oh, you didn't use the uh, you yeah. didn't use oh, the oh, apple you... soap that you there the the little uh, frog that was there. Yeah. Oh, how could you do that? You know, yeah, the towel. What? You guys are freaks. Yeah, the Your towel bathroom is, a, is for freaks. It's a uh, prop. Put a doctor. You know, it's a prop. <laughs> oh, you've been messing with the bathroom props in here. You know. Yeah, they're trying to paint. Some sort of a crazy yeah. environment, Image, you know. So yeah. the, the cleaver, uh, the cleaver, uh, what was her name? Joan Cleaver. Uh, what was Miss Cleaver's name? Um, Judy Cleaver. I don't remember. It was you know, Ward. Leave it to be Ward. Cleaver. Ward was the dad. June was it? June? June was it? June. June Cleaver. What was Mrs. Cleaver's name? Wasn't she the best? What's Barbara you? Billingsley, I think. Yeah. Okay, June Cleaver. I think it was her name. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Remember Eddie Haskell? Yeah. I remember Eddie Haskell. <laughs> yeah, it was June Cleaver. She was wonderful. What a crazy fucking show. Do you imagine that there's a show that they made and it's called Leave It to Beaver? And it was an actual show and the kid's name was Beaver. And wh- at what point in time did they realize that that means pussy? Was it like, <laughs> they, the, it started in the 1950s, right? So what, you know, first appearance was, uh, it was a pilot that they made in 1957. So when did Beaver become, when did it become a vagina? Was that the 70s, you think? I don't know. Uh, maybe it, that, because everyone thought Beaver was just like a, a pussy, and so they just put it together. Because he had played it like a pussy character. You know, Beaver was... Well, he wasn't... Oh, he's getting beat up. It wasn't shit. a savage. Yeah. Wow. I thought it was because of his teeth or something. I thought he had like a beaver uh, a facial uh, look or something. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Really? <laughs> yeah. This thing they did now, beaver I really fa- can't Like they it. named it after the his kid? teeth or something, a beaver? What? I don't know. I don't think I don't so. How's the beaver? How no. did they call him the beef? Where did that come no. from? A I little... think that was just his nickname. Yeah. But I mean, what? how did he get it? What did they think? Oh, you, you smell bad or what? I don't well, know. Well, they lived in a time <laughs> before the internet. It looks like it was a slang term from the 1910 England. Have you ever tried to watch that? You ever tried to watch Leave it to Beaver? I grew up on it. Look, I, I, we, we can get back to Isolation Tank Talk in a couple minutes. We have plenty of time here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But seeing as how we're in the flow of this, I would like to watch a little quick Leave it to Beaver episode okay. just to see how ridiculous the world was in 1957. Even the opening when they have their house and it's all yeah. nice. We're remember probably Dennis get... the Menace. Remember Mr. Oh, Wilson? Yeah. He was over there and he was like, oh, Dennis, you menace or whatever. He's like, Gee, Mr. Wilson. Yeah. But the way she... they used to talk to each other was so alien. People hadn't figured out television yet. That's, they hadn't figured out how other people were going to perceive them. There was like a slow change where people recognized bullshit and they were allowed to do less and less of it. And if you go back and you watch Father Knows Best, here it is. Yes, Mom. Oh, Beaver, I see you're home. Yes, Dad. This is me that's home. <laughs> how was the movie? Well, I didn't go to the movie. You didn't go to the movie? 
Yes. No, sir. I went oh, yesterday yeah. when I wasn't supposed to. Oh, is that so? Yes, sir. And I want a racing bicycle with a guaranteed leather seat. And I hit it at Larry's. And I was going to make believe like I won it today. But I couldn't. So that's why I'm telling you what happened. Well, uh, when did you decide to tell us about it? When I was walking the bike home from Larry's. <laughs> yeah, Dad. It's too big for him to ride. Boy, <laughs> hilarious. Well, Beaver, I'm glad you decided to tell us the truth. Of course, you realize you can't keep a bicycle you won while you were being disobedient. Uh, we'll have to find something to do with the bike. What a dick. Dad's a dick. Dad's a dick. God, that's the harsh. kid came clean. Oh, yeah. Let him keep the bike, Dad. Let him have the bike. What kind of fucking lessons do you teach him? bullshit. He didn't do anything illegal. What a yeah. pussy. No, he came forward and told him what the story was. That's the kind of stuff that the kids now say, oh, I'm afraid to go tell Pop because he's going to take my bike away. See, that's some 1957 type of psychology. In 2014, <sighs> I think they would say the best way to uh, make this go away or to make it never happen again is to reward him with the bike. To reward him and say, look, you, you did a good job by telling me in the future you'd benefit much more from just doing what I tell you. In the beginning. Don't be lying, bitch. Yeah. You know. Go ride your bike. And then he thinks dad's cool. Right. Not dad's some dick who's going to take my fucking lawfully yeah. one bike. Yeah, he won the bike. I mean, I, that was a bad God example. Damn it, dad. I thought this was going to be good stuff. Yeah, but well, it was good that stuff. That was a bummer, man. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> so bummer. I love the word bummer. I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> Yeah, it is a bummer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know it's 1957 logic. They just weren't that good at TV yet. They didn't understand. They, they didn't understand how it was coming off to other people. Like we just watched that. It looks so ridiculous, right? Well, let's watch real Mr. Ed. You got that? We no, watched we're, a, a horse we're, talk yeah. to somebody. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't anymore. Which we'll go back to yeah, isolation time. It was a freaky but, time in television. But it's it's indicative of this thing that I think we're experiencing. This thing that everything is constantly improving, and one of the best ways to see that improvement, like you know, if, if you wanted to determine the age of a tree, you would chop the tree down and you'd look at the rings of the tree. I think if you wanted to determine the progress of our culture in terms of like the rings on a tree, like in, in that sort of a way, there's no better way to do it than to go back and look at the sections of our, our media. Go back and look at like the $6 million man, you know, mm -hmm. go back and look at the fall guy, go back and look at, you know, the incredible Hulk, go back and look at, you know, the evolution of TV. Yeah. Dallas, you know, watch old television, watch the Dukes of Hazard. watch old television shows, and then go back to leave it the beaver, go back to this shit, go back to this craziness that we're watching and then realize like, whoa, there was like this weird, steady progression up to X-Files and then, you know, Game of Thrones, like the media has improved, like it's a totally different organism. The type of shows you see, if you watch a modern day episode of Game of Thrones, there's not a film that was made in the 1960s that could compare to that. I don't get... I think Stanley Kubrick was a genius. I think 2001 Space Odyssey was a marvel of, of cinema for the time. But it can't fuck with what they have now on TV. HB, like Game of Thrones is one of the best movies of all time, and it's like 10 hours every season. Yeah. It's madness. It's like 7 and, million. Was it 4 million? What's the cost on that? I don't know. It? It's got to be expensive like millions as of dollars fuck. per episode. It's, it's perfect. Tons it's a of fuck, money. It's a perfect show. 
And my point being, if you try to compare Game of Thrones to Father Knows Best, it's insane. It's hard to believe that these are made for the same organism. And yet it, it, it occupied the same amount of time of a person's interest. Yes. So, this is how hard it's gotten to hold somebody's interest now. I don't think it's that. You don't I think, think it's, it's it? a continual improvement of, in the understanding of human beings. And I think it takes something really intense to rattle us now. It takes like a true detective. It takes like, it's, you can't well, like just have a normal relationship like bridges of madison county get the fuck out of here clint what are you doing like what are you doing you hanging out with this chick you guys are drama queens you know you don't have much time left why are you crying get out of there go go have a drink get out of here stop this is nothing meanwhile you watch game of thrones there's fucking dragons Okay. Mm. There's these White Walkers. People are sword fighting in the middle of the night. I love those White Walkers. Oh, it's mad. The fucking. It's I like mad. the dragons. The, how about the giants? Yeah, the giants show, were great. It's a madness show. It's I love that. Crazy stuff. shit is happening. And crazy stuff. What the humans do to each other is so shocking. Ugh. And you, if you Off tried to watch, head. if you tried to watch <laughs> um, uh, Magnum PI after that, you'd be like, "Come on, man! Uh. It's the world has changed." We've gotten a much deeper understanding of what really freaks people out. And we require that to get freaked out. Today's trolls, today's YouTube trolls could start wars in the 1940s. If you could send those guys back in time, like the really sophisticated trolls, the ones where you read their Twitter account and you could could barely even tell if they're trolling. They're just so, and then you watch like some of the arguments they get into and you go, oh, this guy's an artist. I don't know what that is. Trolling is... Say if somebody wanted to reach out to, I should probably not tell you. The trolls would get mad. Like what the fuck? We got a fresh one. We got a live oh, one. Well, they they don't gonna call me out. Virgin. It's not a call you out thing. They would contact you in some sort of a way, either insulting you and trying to get you to respond to them, or mockingly in love with you to try to get you to respond to them and then turn on you. Uh, they would uh, try to pretend that they were outraged about certain specific issues just to get a rise out of you, oh, try to engage you in I just in, as a game. There's and, the people now that have – there's a group of folks that yeah, are yeah, into yeah. that kind of stuff? It's a sport. It's a sport, huh? It is kind of a sport. You know, if you can get a good one on the line, yeah. you know – Oh, it, my dad I've been would gotten do that to on me, the line before. Me, it's hilarious. Did they get you? Yeah, I've I get been, I've been up gotten too. arguments with people before, and you realize, like, what am I? I don't even know you. This like, is a what joke. am I doing? And you, it takes a lot of time to realize that because the internet is a new thing, and the interacting with people on the internet is what's well, been around ten years. They probably study your buttons too. They say, oh, yeah. say something like that. You see what he does when you say that. The the longest people were interacting on the internet like this, like in this sort of like instantaneous like Twitter type comments or YouTube type comments, that's never it hasn't been more than a decade. This is a new thing. It's a new thing for people. So people who are uh, who like to get a rise out of people, if you can't do it at work, especially if you're stuck at a job that sucks and you have no Outlet. means of expression of the uh, evil inside you, <laughs> you go on those. That's I wonder why does the people watch these videos and then say that. Like with Hamilton, they watch the video there, and then their comics. I don't Hamilton Morris. Yeah, uh, Hamilton Morris. We owe him an apology. I mean, when that podcast was made, we both got way too high. Brian and I got him. We took him to the center of the earth. We I took just him watched to, that this morning. We took him to Mordor. We had this weed that was grown on Pluto and came over here in a time capsule. 
I don't know where we got that shit from. <laughs> Who whose was that? I don't remember. I don't even Well, you didn't have to twist his arm. <sighs> and, well the thing is we're there with there. Hamilton Morris, mm-hmm. who is the psychedelic connoisseur. Yeah, that's what I heard. So we we went to the bottom of the swimming pool and fucking set up a picnic table. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we went deep. It was rough, man. I don't know what the fuck we were talking about. Half the time we were in a conversation, we were like seven, eight hits in of some insane sativa. And there was no way we should have been having a conversation in a podcast no way we were just we were way too barbecued uh it turned out okay it was not bad no it the wasn't interacting bad. with him and the, the know, uh, tank was better the, the whole thing you know the but but, but the, the comments were evil well you know even on some of these other ones you read and they say oh you know this or that or this guy they're trying to make an assumption you know an evaluation about somebody they don't know anything about and the fact that you just spent your time overviewing what it is they just did and now you're going to be uh, mean spirited about it, right? Like, why, why don't you just don't do it? Just don't look. Just yeah, you know. But you find that I didn't know these are these kind of cats that that's what they're up to. These trolls that they they Those they, trolls. they enjoy uh, making uh, you know getting a rise out of people, which is a bummer when you don't have a lot of time to get because you're trying to get through life without as little of these you know infractions as possible, mm-hmm. so you can keep your mind in a positive. You know, format, and then somebody's saying something mean or ugly about you, and you're reading it, and you're going, "Oh, shit, man, I wish that that didn't get said about me." You know, right? It, it, it well, kinda... I think there's a benefit to it, though. I think there's a benefit to interacting with negative people is that you understand huh. that there are negative people out there. Because if you if you don't interact with them on a regular basis, I don't think you'll appreciate the positive people as much. Hmm. I think that's just the weird aspect of human beings. We get accustomed to whatever. We get accustomed to all sorts of things that seem unacceptable. Like if you look at the things and customs that people uh, carry on in other countries, there's certain rites of passage for manhood that if you tried to implement today in the United States, like the weird shit that they do in Africa where they're circumcising each other with sharp sticks and they have to go crawl through thorn bushes naked, like Uh it's a bunch of crazy shit they make these guys do. And if you tried to implement that stuff in America today, we would laugh at you. But to them, like this is how they've done. It. This is how they've done it for a long time. And people get used to all sorts of weird shit. So they, I think a lot of people have gotten used to something that just it, it rages against their sensibilities and it rages against their body. Rages against their sensibilities because they've somehow or another committed themselves to a, a safe job that is not inspiring. And they think that maybe if they just waited a little while or thought about it better, they could have eventually figured out how to do what they actually want to do. And when you run into someone who who has done that, then you see the benefit of it, and it fucks with people's heads, you know. And I think there's a lot of people that live a life of regret, and Bitter. it's super unfortunate, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the way our society is structured currently, I don't, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Hmm. It just seems like so many people are rushing out. To enter into the workforce because the economy is not so good, so everybody's scrapping for jobs and they're willing to take jobs they might not have ordinary, ordinarily taken because they want the security of it. It's a very trying time for a lot of people. But if you could figure out a way to separate on your own, you know, selling coffee mugs or fucking figuring something out, damn, you'll be so much better off. Well, it allows you to be uh, more independent in your ability to provide for yourself. If you could figure out something you can do, what I find to uh, be a, a little bit discouraging is the uh, the lack of uh, interest in manufacturing products. And mm-hmm. in um, see, uh, we like uh, this country used to be like I say, really have a lot of pride in uh, 
uh, craftsmanship. See, we still have a, a talent pool here. We have a lot of creative people. We have a lot of uh, you know intelligent people. And we we need to pull these people together and, and get back into manufacturing our own products here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, that's what I believe would be a good thing to get kids. They took auto shop out of the school, I think. I don't think they do the welding anymore in school, wood shop. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do in school. But a lot of schools don't. A lot they, of schools they, don't they, have that anymore. There's a lot are, of liability issues, really? those things, too. They you don't have wood shop anymore? I don't think it's very common. It's, you know? it's not something. They teach kids how to use a hammer. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to school, you should teach a kid how to work a hammer, a saw. Well, I this, think, this you know, this, this what, ebb you know? and flow that we were talking about with technology and that people, some, some folks are kind of like bouncing back the other way and looking towards mechanical things and being in love with mechanical things. I think that also is going to be said about working for big companies that I think that a lot of these people are going to get this feeling of, you know, like, man, I'm just lost in the sea of people. Whereas I can make kitchen knives. I can make handmade kitchen knives in my garage over the weekend, start selling them. And then one day or another, eventually break through. I got a website from Squarespace and I put together this fucking knife collection and now I'm selling them online and now I'm independent. And this cook is using them on TV. Chef uh, Luigi's uh, endorsed my, uh, my, no, you don't want that shit. You want some handmade, like there's a company, um, there's a couple companies that that have sent me, uh, Crestrel knives, Kestrel knives and, uh, vehement knives. And there are companies that did the exact same thing. They just started making knives and started selling them. They were into knives. They loved the beauty of the construction of the knives. Vehement knife. They made me this fucking big, crazy, cool thing. It's like all the handles, all handmade. <laughs> and when you, when you know you see that someone can make a living doing that, and like when you're chopping onions with something like that, or you're doing something Ugh. in the kitchen, or you're you know using it for camping or hunting or something like that, it's like you're feeling like a, you have a piece of craftsmanship with you. Awesome. Yeah, I right? love that. What I is love that? that? Right? What is that? It's like a, a connection to the person who made it, right? Yeah. Like a more obvious connection. Absolutely. Like if you had a handmade, like my friend Ari went to China, he had a handmade suit. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Fucking handmade the suit. fits perfect, man. Yeah. See and, that? That's me. And a this guy mine, made you know? it. Like that's, there's something extra jazzy about the fact that you you know that a guy made this for you. Like yeah. it feels good. That's right. He took your, your proportions into consideration. Yeah. Because you're six feet tall, that doesn't mean that your, your knees are bending here or mm-hmm. your stride is this or that. And is, he's an artisan. I mean, he's an artisan. He creates a beautiful suit. It's a work of he art. He gets a pleasure out of that. Mm-hmm. See, that's back to that, that, that feeling of accomplishment. What you could feel like by making stuff. They say, oh, yeah. look, at what, I feel good about that. Like the, what we do with the chambers. We, mm-hmm. we, uh, we really uh, put a lot of effort into the, the manufacturing of them and the products that we use, the, the parts, all of them. Not that there's anything wrong with, uh, you know, whatever. We use no cheap parts. There's yeah. nothing made in China. Not that there's anything wrong with made in China, but we don't buy anything that's used in China for our stuff at all. It's all either made here or North North America somewhere. To to uh, we have a few European parts from German and Switzerland, but the rest of it's all uh, made here in America because of the quality. We we insist upon getting the best pieces. Mm-hmm. And that was the guy you spoke about, Lily John Lilly, that invented these chambers in the beginning. He his doctrine was a, the doctrine or whatever it is is a, his. His perspective was that it was always better to buy or to u- implement or use a, the, the better quality uh, piece of equipment than to create this what it is that it is. And that is, you know, so I agree with that so much that mm-hmm. the better it is, the better it is. This saying, oh, you can get away with it. Oh, we could do it this way. It's cheaper or, you know, uh, sec- you know, it's. 
I find that if you could figure out the best way to do things, that's the way to do it. First class. You got first class or no class. You know what I mean? And these people come up with this thing. Oh, it's a, this is why I used to mix sound, right? On the, I do monitors, mix the, the stage. And I was like, so somebody said, say, hey, how, how is it? I say, oh, it's okay. Pretty good. I said, no, no, no. We don't do pretty good. We don't do okay. We get it just the way you want. I'm going to have that in a second for you. You just communicate with me, and we'll have it just exactly the way you want that. Not a problem. Right. Well, that's like many aspects of life. There's some people that are happily half-assing things. Yeah. Just happily oh, just getting to the end of the day. stand it. Slunk over. You know, slumped over and just tired, and and then there's other folks that like you who are fucking crazy who uh, <laughs> figure out a way to invest an incredible amount of time to try to uh, renovate and uh, reinvigorate this uh, this business that had kind of been forgotten about. I mean, when you came along, there was like Samadhi tanks, and then there was a couple other ones that you could kind of find online. You know that were made in uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. In Europe, it kind it had it had a little bit more popularity in yeah, Europe. They had that, uh, uh, Pathfinder, mm-hmm. and then they had, uh, let's see, Oasis has been around since from the beginning. Why was it more popular in Europe than it was in America? You know, uh, any ideas? You know, they were. You know, I really don't know. To be honest with you, it still I, wasn't popular. I mean, still, yeah. it's still way more popular even now overseas. Like I get letters all the time from. A, there's a new place that opened up in London. I believe there's one in Manchester that opened up, and I get yeah. m- messages from those guys all the time. So yeah. I know it's they're opening up new ones. Yeah. So it's not like it's already there and established. No. Well, that's what we were talking about earlier a little bit. Uh, you know, on the way over here, we had a chance to have a little brief discussion about the, uh, you know, the, the future in in the industry. There, I, I got a chance to show you uh, uh, some of these uh, rules and regulations now that have been, uh, you know, uh, pinned up by, you know, the uh, various health uh, agencies and NSF, uh, National Sanitization Foundation. Well, just explain that to people. There's there's home tanks and then there's commercial tanks, mm-hmm. and you know people always when I tell them, hey, you should go to the float lab and get in a tank, they go, wait a minute, somebody been in that tank before me? That is a very good question, and that is a question that up until now hasn't been like completely thoroughly examined. And your tanks, like when people come over my house, one of the things they always look at is like the back of the tank where all the equipment is set up and they go, what the fuck is all that? And I go, well, that one does ozone. These ones are filters. And like, is that overkill? I'm like, I don't know what overkill is. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a, a t- I, all I know is the tank is awesome. Crash makes the best tanks. If he says it should be like this, then it probably should be like this. But when you talk to people that have other tanks, they go, dude, I got like a little fucking spa pump. I get a little spa pump that's about the size of a basketball, and that's it. And you got like uh, a JPL fucking setup back there with digital this and fucking it just keeps control getting more panel. More and more complicated as we get more and more involved with the authorities, like UL. Yes, and UL you know, is what Underwriters Laboratory. They do all electrical certification for any kind of stuff like this. These people. That, uh, you know, I don't, like what had happened to mine, where mine shorted out, is fairly common. I showed you the email too about this and that. Mm-hmm. These electrical issues. There's see the. Well, you is, got an email without n- naming anybody. There was right. another manufacturer that uh, makes pods, and his pod melted wow. you know, into oblivion. He, yeah, he it, you know made some sort of a, a thing, and it just it all it fucking fell apart. There's awesome ones out there, yeah. but. We don't want to throw sling yeah. mud or anything, but the, but for the, home but the use, point, it's a different yeah. thing. And a lot of these people are taking these home use ones and they're using them for these commercial places. And all these different people are going in there, and who knows if they're jerking off? Some of them probably. Let's be honest. Uh, and 
where's that going? You know, it's like if How are you going through your little that? spa filter. That's not right. enough for me, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a filter. video. Yeah. This is the video that Brian made. Air is and where the water is. It doesn't feel. Yeah, well, this is all like shit that I've already said before this earlier in this weightless. podcast. Your so voice sounds so different. That was before I got my nose fixed. Why? Oh, wow. And yeah. then on top of that, you can't hear anything because your ears are underwater. Your face is floating above the water, but your ears are essentially... Okay. On- we already said all this yeah. stuff. But you can watch the video and you can kind of see it. Yeah, my nose, um, when my, I got my nose opened up, changed my voice yeah, a little bit. That's crazy. But I can breathe out of my nose now. Yeah. Yay. All right. <sighs> For all my, all my life, dude, I had no nose. My nose uh, was a useless piece of shit. It was uh, just bad cartilage scar tissue in there but now beautiful now I can smell when Brian's been smoking cigarettes too <laughs> busted <laughs> smell from a mile away this motherfucker uh, um, so that is that's the tank from what is that video from Brian what year this is this? Uh, wow that's a good question I would oh, it's say been a while 2009 maybe is it really that recent? I think it's been more than that. Maybe I it. don't know, but because so this was tank number one yeah I that's what number it's facing yeah this is like another uh, see we're like 12 steps from that you know as a you know, Joe, is, uh, we wanted to get over and switch it out for him because he uh, deserves to have a more updated version. He was okay with everything, but well, once again, see, okay is not good. You know, I don't want to hear okay. I say, well, that's not okay with me. Even if it's okay with you, still not okay with me. And, and, and so that we were so happy to be able to uh, you know get you up to speed. We still have some steps to go for you, though, too. We'd like to. Uh, what are the steps? Well, you know, uh, th- th- this is the uh, uh, previous version now of what we have. You know, so we'll, as time goes by. Well, the one I have now is even bigger than the one that's in that video. The one I have oh, now yeah. is this weird fucking meat locker. Beautiful. It's, it's, We're working on it seven today. feet tall. And Put some salt in it. I mean, it's more than seven feet tall. And I don't know how many feet wide. Was it it's six? Like six, seven, and eight, I think, is what it is. And that, that's a... Uh, that's a great chamber there. It's uh, yeah, what's good is you're using thing. it. Mm-hmm. See, people, that's the first thing that, it, it, you know, it's, it's, oh, you know, I joined the gym. You know, what, what is that? <laughs> you got to go to the gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does it get a membership? Oh, whoa, you know. Somebody's with these people who sit in their house and they, they don't use it. You know what I mean? People need, yeah, this is, it's, it's hard, but people need something to, like, jolt them out of their normal everyday routine. They need something to jolt them. To get it. and they'll they'll try one day like today I'm gonna go to the gym and they work out and the next day it's like ah, fuck it they just for whatever reason it didn't catch fire but right. they want to improve you know and that's yeah. the first step but the uh, the, the actually doing things people mm-hmm. a lot of folks they they discuss a lot of stuff they read about other people yep all these things and instead of like actually sit down and say okay now what can I actually do today to get to make me do something that is of a value you know rather than you know, the criticizing of other people is really a, you know, a, uh, it doesn't really help so much, you know. And it's, well, it's fun, though. It's fun. <laughs> I, I love to do it. You know, as a, Criticizing <laughs> of other people is oftentimes a good sense of uh, a source of entertainment. It's an output, too. Yeah. You say, oh, man, I can't, you know. But you have to be careful of, of criticizing too much or getting only into the vein of criticism, like consistently, constantly. Like yeah. people that are smart can oftentimes make poor choices or dumb choices. And I think one of the, the dumb choices that a lot of smart people make is to like consistently and constantly look for the negative in things. Consistently and constantly. There's a lot of things you can focus on. The negatives of things are always going to exist. You're not stupid. You see them. Mm-hmm. But to constantly and consistently like only rally against dumb things in pop culture over and over again. At a certain point in time, I have to go, listen, what, you know, 
we see it. We see it too. Like, what are you you're just angry about it? Like, that doesn't that doesn't help anybody. Like, what is it, either is be, there, either be funny or shut the fuck up because we see it's dumb too, and it's not you know the funny part is best. If someone instead a joke. sort of added you know <laughs> to the good part of our culture, you know, added you know, come up with something that's entertaining, come up with something that uh, taps into what uh, people would uh, like to be getting. Here, there's more in this one. If that one's empty, oh, I'm all right. I don't know. Either way. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. I just think one of the things that the tank provides is uh, this sort of introspective moment that I think a lot of folks are missing. You know, and sometimes people get caught in patterns, and you can get caught up in a pattern of negativity. You can get caught up in a pattern of depression. You can get caught up in a pattern of regret. You can get caught up in a pattern of friendships, of, of kindness. You can get caught up in a pattern of affection. You can You can get into good patterns, too. You just have to reject the bad ones when they come along. Don't indulge, you and know, be ready for those yep. changes. Make sure that it, mm-hmm. that's what that chamber be self-aware. is. Self-aware. You yes. go in there and you got to look at yourself. Mm-hmm. I when I first started doing it, I, I, I got in. And I, I didn't even know what it was or whatever, but I would be in for an hour every day. I would go in there and just beat myself up because I was a damaged goods. You know, no I, way. Oh, yeah. Crash? I'm not buying it. Yeah. <laughs> I Once think upon you're a being time, modest, sir. Ah, uh, well, I, I, I would uh, anyway. <laughs> the, uh, the, but getting in there every day for me for one hour in the beginning. See, I didn't even know what it was, but I, I knew that that's what I was supposed. So I'm in there, and I'd like beat myself up. I'd come out of there, I'd be like beaten up, and uh, I'd get out, and I'd go, "Wow, I feel pretty good." I could sit down, and I used to have a PA out there. At the, I was in a ranch. Yeah, I had a ranch out there, and a big screen and everything. And I, but I would come in there, and I always need people around me and stimulation and stuff. But I get out of that chamber. I come in all by myself and sit down and not turn nothing on and just sit there and feel actually relaxed without use of drugs. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm reliant on, uh, you know, certain things in the past to, to make me feel different ways, you know. But the chamber now, it, it was able to uh, affect the way I felt mm-hmm. as a matter of factly without the use of any kind of uh, additives. And I, when I learned about that, that that's quite... Uh, that's quite impressive. That, it's quite a game changer. You know, you, you now have a window into yourself. You can now go in and look at you and see what that is and then say, hey, woo, look at that, what that is over. Same thing because you're aware of what you are and who you are, what you did and where you've been and whatnot like that. But you have to be willing to, you know, admit to all that, surrender, whatever, and then g- g- pick yourself up. And start to use what it is that you're able to figure out about what to do from here. Exactly. You know? and, and stand by it. Don't and the, compromise. And the tank tells you that. Like, I mean, the, the experience sort of... Introduces just, you to yeah. yourself. Yeah. And there you are in this box, and you realize there's two parts of me. There's this thing inside of me that, uh, that apparently has better information, and then there's this thing outside that Momentum. wants to get high or goes to go see chicks or do whatever you're going to want to do. You say, go out and blah, blah, blah. You eat too much. People do different things, you know. And they, and Gamble. Just, gambling. This is all kinds of Smoking stuff. Smoking cigarettes. And we get a hit from that, you know. You Booze. Get, boo, boo, the, you know, and it, the, but the effect that these things have, see, what they do is they also they'll alter your perspective of yourself. Sometimes you have these, like sometimes you see how people are drunk and they're all like, ah, la, 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 you know, and they're really, you know, it kind of 
gives them an impression that they're more happy to be around or something. Right. And yeah. The drunker they get, the stupider they seem to be. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem to evaluate themselves from that perspective. They think they're more fun or something. Yeah. Self-evaluation is uh, it's one of the hardest things to do, right? It's one of the hardest things for a person to do, to, to step away from their whatever inaccuracies they've been telling themselves to make themselves feel better about their life or their situation and then to force yourself to go you know this is this is not right this is this This and society has an influence on you as well because you don't want to look too like you're saying you know i can remember certain i want to get into this say start talking about certain things and then people go Oh, you know, I don't want to talk about that or whatever. So you, you got to have a. It's good to work on yourself. This, I'm big on the selfishism. I think. Of the, what are you What are you saying though about people not wanting you to talk about certain things? Like what kind of things? Well, uh, like conspiracy theories. Yeah, stuff like that. You know, yeah. kind of a negative thing. Because when I was, you know, in Vegas, the same place, mm-hmm. and the guy we're loading the show in, right? And the right. truck driver goes, "Oh, there's the Kim planes." I go, "What?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, look at that." And I go, "Oh my, I couldn't believe it." There's airplanes <laughs> spraying us, man. I go, "Unbelievable!" So I was, so I, I was damaged we- goods from that. That messed me up for years. And he said he quit telling people about it because they're on the. He's driving a truck. They go, "Oh yeah, take another hit on the crack pipe." Meanwhile. There it is right in front of you. Yeah. He should anyway. stop telling people about it. And you should just go he on did. Google and find out what it actually then is. Then there was nothing. This well, is like 15 years ago. Well, it's not chemtrails. See, this is where people are really confused. It's just airplanes create artificial clouds and hazy environments. If an airplane is going through the atmosphere and there's a certain amount of condensation, it creates an artificial cloud. It just does. The jet engine. You, I mean, you should look into this more than anybody because you've talked to, to me about this before, and I know that you probably have these ideas in your head um, about the government spraying things in the sky. Oh, I didn't say the government. I'm, I'm sure whoever it is. Airplanes. Someone may have done that at some point in time. Right. Most likely has done that at some point in time. But that's not what you're saying. All when right. you're seeing those clouds that go across, those are actual clouds. They're clouds that are being made by jet engines. Like this has all been proven. This is all scientific. The, everyone agrees on it. It's not. There's no controversy well, about this at all. When it comes to people who understand jet propellant engines or jet engines and airplanes and airplanes in atmospheric conditions, like there's been articles about this since the 1980s. I mean, this all it is is when in, in 2001, when September 11th happened, there was a, an article that was on CNN dot com like a couple of days afterwards that was talking about the changes in the temperature because there weren't the artificial clouds that we're used to having overhead on a daily basis that are created when planes fly through the atmosphere so it's not something that they were being like secretive about this is just an effect of airplanes the real chemtrail is one of the things that i said on my television show when we covered this is yeah, they that said you did that they're burning jet fuel Wow. In the sky. That's the real chemtrail. You're, we're polluting the sky, and we just love it because we can get across the country in, in five hours. And that's where guys like Elon Musk and these uh, geniuses that want to create these incredible high-speed trains, that's where these guys are so amazing. Because if they can figure out how to do that and use the same sort of technology that keeps Google cars safe, and if everybody can work together and make these, we might be able to change the environment. Like the amount of jet fuel that we burn, there's like thousands and thousands of flights every hour all across the country constantly going back and forth you know the rocket ships apparently take a lot of uh propulsion to get out there's incredible a, some people amount. work on the uh, rocket ships i talked to them and they uh, they say oh yeah the 
the, the, the biggest thing is the pollution that's created. When these yeah. things blast off, the amount of uh, uh, whatever goes of into course. the atmosphere. But, look, uh, dude, look, you see fire. <laughs> yeah, there's I mean, a lot of uh, – You don't ever <laughs> see fire unless something that's not good is on fire. Yeah. You know, if fire's coming out of a metal tube, that's never good. It's never good, good for the now, world. Though, is that people have that opportunity to uh, investigate information. That's why right now I think that uh, you know uh, ing- ignorance and uh, negligence are sort of the same thing. They're, like people say, "Oh, I didn't know." Well, you didn't right. know because you didn't care enough to look into it. I mean, that is true, but sometimes you get caught in a situation where you don't, you know, you just still don't understand even after all the facts are in. Well, you you also have. Contrary opinions back right. and forth. There's, Which there's is a few legitimate. things that are very, especially when it comes to like certain historical events. Like there's a lot of people that want to uh, talk about. Like JFK is a good example. There's a lot of people that love talking about conspiracies. And they like to <sighs> wrap that one up tight. And when you have these conversations with them, and you look at the the contrary evidence on both sides, pro and con, it's like wow. There's a lot of like massive amounts of confusion as to what the actual events were. That, what actually that, so many place. people wanted him dead that you can't even pit the pit, you couldn't pin the tail on that donkey no matter what. Yeah, I mean, there, there was, was a, he no. had multiple people that were upset with his actions. Boy, would they be so lucky if it was just a lone nut? Boy, yeah, would they exactly. be so lucky? All those other people would be so. We lucky. We would be so lucky because then the situation would have perpetuated to this point now. If it was a lone nut back then, and the system was actually fail safe from situations like this, I think what the the nineteen sixties and the death of Kennedy and you know the Kent State shootings and all that stuff. I mean, as tragic as it is for then and for those times, I think that ultimately that kind of stuff is sort of a reminder in a lot of ways to the people of today about how bad it can get if things get out of hand. So when they start creeping up on these infringements on civil liberties, like and people start rising up, that's where you see things like us going to Syria gets shot down. I mean, you see the entire country, both that Democrat awesome. and Republican. That was yeah. the first time that ever happened where they had made a plan to go in and invade something, and they mm-hmm. did not do it because of the voice of the of the public. The voice of the whole public. You know, it's like how many awesome. Republicans at this point in time are tired I of I don't care wars. if you've got a blue suit, yep. a green suit, a purple exactly. suit. People just are like, enough, please, enough. Just thank you. We're That's, broke, and we're not invading other countries. And what for? What's exactly. The, rid- and we're not uh. fixing the problems that we have at home. How about the fact there's no water? How about the fact that Texas, it hasn't rained in Texas in fucking years. You know, California had like one rainfall uh, like uh, over the past like three or four months. It's terrible. This, I mean, that's something to consider. This is something to think about where the fuck we're going to get our water from. Desalination plants, maybe. Drain out that fucking goofy ocean. Tire those fish sucking up all the good water. <laughs> What's happening with the fish all dead off over there, too, everywhere? What's going on with that's, the fish? Uh, that a lot of times is deal, um, um, a side effect of pollution, too. Um, or it could be a side effect of um, certain types of, um, like, fish need a certain oxygen level and things can happen and they develop dead zones in the water mm. and there's no oxygen and all the fish just drowned. You've seen that on the... Yeah. yeah. There's like gazillions mm-hmm. of them, the hundreds of thousands here, there. We looked all over the world. It seems like there's problems, but it could be just, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's well, I think thing. it's I always happened, but it happens certainly because of pollution as well, I believe. Absolutely. Pollution is bad. Yeah, we don't need good. to say, oh, look, yeah. it's okay because it's only this amount or we, we got we gotta can, we're, we're containing it. See, these the containment systems, too. What do they do with that stuff they now? Stuff it in the ground and wait for Godzilla to come in. What is it. that all about? We're going to collect this garbage and then plant it in the ground over here. Well, that's what a little kid does. You know, when you sweep it up, you just, it's a, in a cartoon. It. You pick up the carpet and you sweep it under the carpet Hide and you it. put that carpet down and no, no shit, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a very childish way, but it's also, 
the people that were alive that implemented these systems, I mean, they're not alive anymore. And they were they, when they were our age, it was a completely different era. And then when you go back to look at their, you know, the distance between us and the 1940s, go back and look at the the 1940s and the distance between them and the same amount of time, and you're in the 1800s. Okay, you're in the like the times where people were riding horses and they had to paint their pictures. That's that's how much distance has traveled. I mean, we really if you go back to 1940 and you look at those guys that are uh, running the space program or look at those guys that are involved in the nuclear program, well, how old were they? They're in their 40s. Let's say they're in their 40s. Let's say that uh, they were born in the year 1900 and they were designing and working on all these these crazy technological innovations from the time. If you went back from them to as far as us looking at the 1940s, you would be, what, 60, 74 years? You go to so 74 years before that. Yeah, so 74 horse. years before that is 18 fucking 26. Yeah. It's That's amazing, crazy. Huh? They got a horse. You know, that is a- Stop and think about that. Their 1940 like, world to us, like what we consider the 1940 world, is the early 1800s to them. It's essentially two decades or two centuries away. And that's on the, uh, just the, you know, the the regular ratio. Mm -hmm. When you start to consider that, you know, the exponential type situation. Oh, yeah. uh, The growth is, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, magnified as it goes on. It continues to expand itself out. No doubt. I mean, the growth and change between 1820 and 1940 was nothing compared to 1940 to 2010. I mean, it's just, this, this is madness. Where then you look ahead and you say, oh boy. Yeah, I know. It's going to be really weird. But it's just so, so strange that we are still running on the momentum of these people's ideas as far as like That's storage of nuclear point. weapons, oh, we've storage of uh, nuclear waste. Reset. Yeah. Is there a reset button? Fascinating, though, Bring really. Bring some kids in. We I agree to- wholeheartedly, but also as a person who's not involved in creating nuclear technology right. or not involved in any of that, I find it fascinating just as an observer, like looking at it all, like, wow, this is really an interesting scenario because it was created by these incredible geniuses that lived as long ago as 1820-something to them. I mean, that is really hard to believe. It's really hard to believe. What's hard to believe is that we're still operating on that same mechanism. Exactly. It's really hard to believe. And it's it's hard to believe that we still have, like, garbage dumps. We have, like, dumps? Like, what? Right. Like, we have dumps. We take all the garbage, we throw it over there. And then those dumps Swear become we've done it. fucking disasters. <laughs> we went to a Stacking garbage dump. Uh-huh. We filmed something for the man show at a garbage dump once. It was, it was horrible. It was horrible, fucking disgusting What do they place. do? Dig a hole and dump the... Throw all the shit there and stink. Just keep digging holes? It fucking stinks. Stinks, dude. They just cover it up with dirt, and it's disgusting. Doesn't the uh, like the uh, fume, the methane or whatever, uh, build up if you put it under the ground? <sighs> That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, methane comes from biological Somebody waste. Somebody was telling it? us that this guy took a uh, a, rat, a mouse and he uh, made an art thing, and he covered up the mouse with the uh, with the resin, right? And then the mouse was uh, is, is running through the resin, apparently, until it, it couldn't go no further, right? <laughs> he was, like, stuck in the resin, the mouse was. That's an art piece? That's an asshole. <laughs> so That's an asshole. He, he glued a mouse. Yeah, it is. So it's inside of this thing now. And then they were in the house one day that was up on the uh, inside. It exploded. It was, like, made out of a plastic glass stuff. Yeah. And it exploded from the ga- – the, the mouse was off-gassing from inside of it 
And the mouse created so much gas, it blew this whole thing up all over the place, the guy told me. Whoa. From the mouse being stuck in there, the gas that it was uh, off-gassing as it died, you know? You know the smell you smell? Mm-hmm. He said the house smelled like that, too. Was you there for that? I forget who was telling me now, but somebody was, and they had to come and do the mop down on the house and everything, but. That seems like an unnecessary experiment. You got to remember that next time you're fe- messing around with some mice, don't stick them in some plastic. You know, they, they don't do well. <laughs> well, there's plastics that they can make from plant material. Something uh, a lot of people aren't aware of. You can make plastic from hemp. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a biodegradable plastic you can make from hemp. Well, that's Ford drew, made a whole car, incredible. right? Is that yeah, what he did? Made a, yeah, Ford yeah. made uh, the first car. The uh, fenders are made out of hemp, and you could hit it with a hammer. Hemp is the weirdest plant ever. You know, I'm not, I know I sound like a hippie when I start talking great about marijuana, but forget about marijuana. The, the psychoactive benefits of marijuana, I've gone into in depth. I think there's, there's a real benefit to people. And I, you know, I hear people saying, oh, you know, kids, and what about the kids? What about the kids? What about the kids with fucking anything? Kids can die from aspirin. Kids can die if they have a contest to see who eats more salt. Kids can die doing a lot of fucking shit, you know? It's not about kids. It's about responsible use of adults. If it's your kid, you have a obligation to educate your children, do the best you can to protect them from the dangers of this world. All drugs are a part of that, including hundreds of legal ones that are available right now that can kill your children. So that's not the issue. Marijuana is a minor, minor, minor issue when it comes to health and safety. It's a major issue when it comes to consciousness and maybe even more so when it comes to the implementation of hemp as a commodity. Hemp for paper, hemp for uh, building materials, hemp for automobile panels that are lighter and more durable. Henry Ford figured that shit out at the turn of the 19th or the 20th century. I mean, he he was doing that in the early 1900s. This guy had figured that out. We see the the pants they make out of it, oh, and yeah. the shirts and everything, and they're durable. Dur- they're way more stuff. durable than cotton. And now it also has one of the best root systems. So they they what they need to do what, what would it be a good idea to do is where you have these erosion problems. If they plant weed in there, the uh, the rooting system. Hemp. You got to say hemp. You got to say hemp. When but, you say weed, they think you're a hip and you want to get high. Oh, you know, I do. <laughs> that's just you know you do that. That's I'm just kidding. In I'm your own kidding. safety of your house. Yeah. This other stuff you could put outside and let it grow. And well, hemp is a very strange plant. There's really no 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 plant like it on Earth, and it's incredibly hard and dense, but very light as well. The seeds they yeah. they make that that omega three and the omega six. That mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, it's like, uh, well, the protein too. Hemp protein is the <laughs> most easily digested. Digestible protein. It's we, a fantastic We sell plant. it at, uh, on it. We sell uh, hemp. You have a hemp protein uh, supplement. We bought the best hemp you can get. It's really fine. It's very high in protein. It's the most expensive, but it's the best. And a lot of people don't like the taste. I think it tastes delicious, but I always fix it up with coconut water. I uh, I just throw a banana, coconut water, and hemp force into a, a blender, and that's how Bam. I do it. Yeah, you're off to the races. It digests easy. The thing about like I like uh, a lot of different protein powders, but I feel like the vegetable proteins. I like pea protein. There's a Vega that is a um, I think it's an all vegan based protein powder, all plant based protein powder that I like too. I like that. I like those because they digest very easily. You're getting the impact from the... Uh, yeah, well, I think it's it's also, it's very easy on the body. Whereas I feel like whey protein, which is also very effective, but it's made from, you know, whey, which is made from milk products. It's, it doesn't mm. di- doesn't quite digest as easily. I feel, feel like it makes my farts stink here, too. <laughs> the hemp keeps that, so everybody's Hemp's happy clean, about that. There, clean, clean, yeah. easy. My body has no problem <laughs> digesting it, you know. 
and it's illegal to grow in America. It, it we always buy seemed it from like Canada. unbelievable. It's so I, stupid. When I was a kid, I used to say, my, I used to say to my mom, I used to say, hey, what is wrong with this stuff? And she said, oh, well, it's illegal. And that was the best mm-hmm. they could come up with? That's not even Well, a, that an doesn't answer. even work with hemp because hemp can't get you high. Yeah, it's yeah. just a plant. Well, I was worried about the other but part. Growing, but growing hemp is like growing pine trees. What's like, it? what if someone came along and said, you can't tro- grow Ugh. pine trees? No more pine trees. You can't make pine uh, tables. You can't make pine bed stands. Ugh. You know, no more pine. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, what are you talking about? I can't grow pine? Or roses. You fucking crazy. Can't grow any rose bushes. They're trying to snuff out. But the, the, the preposterousness of pine is a good one because it's so readily available. Well, if marijuana was legal, it could be as readily available as pine trees. The shit grows everywhere. It fucking grows everywhere. And for the past hundred years almost, there's been this ridiculous boycott on this magical plant. It's a magical plant. If it didn't exist and someone told you about it from another planet, we would be sending spaceships out to get it. If, there was, if we found that there was pot growing on the moon, and they found if the if the astronauts went to the moon and they came back with a plant and over the the next decade they analyzed this plant and found it to have a million different uses psychoactively medically to treat PTSD interocular pressure from fucking Ugh. glaucoma to give people their appetite back when they're going through chemo they go you go through a laundry list of benefits that this fucking alien plant had they, they that fucking what's that virgin guy Richard Branson he'd be sending spaceships out to the moon with farmers they'd have Mexicans in space flying to the moon to harvest the marijuana and bring it back home. That's what hey, we got going it on. here. Yeah, and we got it here, and these cunts are trying uh, to keep it illegal. It's, it's amazing how... These dummies, like that Chris Christie dummy. I don't understand it. it well, I understand. I it's don't dummies. They, ra- they rail against <sighs> it. They rail. They we rally. They the scream. About they cry. These, uh, corporate guys. That what we need to do is have them on the right side. They See, need to get high. They need to just chill down and say, listen, hey... Okay, we, we're going to do what we can do to make things better. Yes. And get on board. And then people say, hey. And the best way is for you to get high. You, you got to grab them. Yeah, or, or sell that stuff. <laughs> Don't grab them. Make em. it. Say, listen, we use it in our product now. We use this stuff because we found it's better than what we used to use. Well, you I know? think there's a lot of things that could be done to make people uh, overall, just overall in this country, just a, a wee bit healthier. Just a little bit of a change in the dial and the direction that we're all going. Like I remember Anthony Robbins, who, uh, although I've made fun of uh, inspirational guys, I think is actually a very inspirational guy. Um, I think Anthony Robbins has some really good advice. And it, what, I've read a bunch of different things that he said. And back when I was competing in my martial arts days, I actually benefited very much from uh, a lot of his. He had audio books I listened to by the pool when i listened lived in a shitty apartment and um one of the things that he said was that if he would take into consideration like two cars that are uh going in a certain direction if one of them just has a very slight variation off the line just a slight over the course of time Mm -hmm. the distance that it goes from the original direction it was going to is vast just a small change just a small adjustment and i think that could be said not just of cars that are driving parallel to each other but of a culture and I think that if something like the tank came along and the tank in conjunction with this newfound refusal to accept the marijuana laws, there's a newfound refusal. And now Colorado, there was a, um, an article that was written that came out today. At, I think it came out today. I, I found out about it today. I retweeted it today from uh, Reset Me, which is our friend Amber Lyons' website. And essentially, it's, it's talking about how Colorado has made more money and had less crime. And the taxes, too, for Six the school. Six months. 
Read about the schools. Yeah. They gave him $0.9 million or something for the school system. <laughs> the woman who wrote it, uh, her name is uh, Laura Pegram. And, uh, yeah, it, it came out on the 27th. So that they was three days ago. They put money in the school. Yeah. Can you imagine that? They're doing something on the planet that's putting money into schools. And, it's and they have a problem with this? And it's empowering people to start their own business. The right people. <sighs> people who are into weed they're going to start their own businesses and get rich that'll be a weird thing when weed farmers are like a bunch of rich people running around funding schools weed farmers are paying for the police to have better facilities weed farmers are paying for the fire department to be better equipped weed farmers are paying for the teachers to make more money like this is all it's not just a pipe dream weed this is all a very possibility with the community mm-hmm. and the officials in the community to create a situation these guys could be major influences on the entire, not only at this with, part, right in the podcast, people that are listening who are not into weed are like, "That's it, that's it." I'm fucking hanging up. This stuff's this a fucking fuck. indoctrination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, it may Just, be next even week, if you don't want to smoke weed, how could you ever say that a hundred million dollars in cash revenue, hundred million dollars? is not a great thing, that you get that kind of taxes from your first year, and who knows where this is going to go. It could easily double by the second year. So then you got $200 million in tax revenue. Oh, my goodness. And then they focus where it went. How much of the tax that you paid last month went to the school system? Mm. Who knows how much did the school get? Dude, Colorado's, I don't care about anything Colorado's else. not that big. No. I mean, it's, it's, it's big, but not it's not the like the amount of people as California has. Right. Not now, even close. So you spread that money out. If, yeah. you, if you got, look, you had, oh, so there's 800 kids and they made $1,000 or whatever. Dude, do you know how much money marijuana would make in California if they just sent it loose? Just set it loose. Just unleashed it, fully legal. Let's go. I mean, just the, the medical industry here is so gigantic. The, there's businesses where doctors just give people weed prescriptions. That's all they do. That's all they do. They have a line of people with headaches out the door. <laughs> that's their business. Everybody's paying 40 bucks and they're keeping it moving. And that's legal. I mean, it's what they've done legally is crazy. If they made it fully legal, yeah. if they just said, release the hounds, it would change the culture. It really would. And it would, it would help a lot of people. It would help a lot of people that are resisting it. It would help a lot of athletes. And the big one that would help a lot of athletes is edible. Edible marijuana for, for inflammation, for injuries, for relaxation, for stretching. Just for your body. Just forget about the you know, psychoactive effects of introspection and you know, self-analysis and all that other stuff that comes with the eating it. The really, the, the, there's physical benefits that would be pretty substantial. Nutritional benefits. Mm-hmm. There's the nutrition. You already talked about that. That's, you can eat it. It's really good for you. It Super and, uh, healthy. Great for your skin. Hemp oil is good for your skin. You can cook with it. It's crazy. It's you just can make so a many. Car with it. Yeah, I mean, you could run a car on it. You could run a yeah, car. You could burn oil hemp oil. Again. Right. The, the whole thing is so ridiculous that if you looked at it on Ugh. paper and it, it wasn't the Somebody case, said, "Hey, we have this stuff. We yeah. just figured it out today. It's called uh, a slippery uh, whatever, and we have it." Well, it'd be the great. It would be a great plot for a book if there was a company that somehow or another managed to plot against one of the most beneficial plants on earth and suppress the the development and use of it for almost a century if that if that was a, a book you would like be like captivated by this plot like could this happen is this possible that one of the most beneficial plants ever known to man could be stifled? They might have known about it in the beginning and then cut it off like say uh oh this stuff could catch on i i i think that 
what happens is one of the things that happens is when anything is illegal and then you start arresting people for that thing, you make a business out of arresting people for that Uh, thing. You make a business out of that thing being illegal. And then, Uh like we were talking about before, when those guys are out of a job, like they're just out of a job. So they'll fight to keep their fucking job. And one of the best ways to keep your job is to keep more things illegal. If you're a guy who arrests people for shit, you want to make sure that more things like marijuana stay illegal. Because especially the DEA, what what would they could do if marijuana became legal? And then people would start have to they would have to start considering all sorts of other drugs becoming legal as well. Maybe they could figure out how to direct like the uh you know the uh uh business aspects of it. Just so you take this money now and we'll have a a, a uh agency, let's say, mm-hmm. that uh, works directly with these people that then, you know, maybe then they could have a place in, in being helpful, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, folks, we're not, this is not something that we thought on in advance. We're trying to work this shit out on the fly. Yeah, this, this is, is not is the new. best way to design a government. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be better than what's already in place. You know, what's already in place is just fucking silly. You can't tell people they can't have weed. Stop it. You can't. You can't tell. It's not very nice to, to, to involve yourself in other people's business like that yeah. when they're not involved in yours. Especially if you're ignorant. You know, I, I when I was um, first starting to work for the UFC, I would often encounter these articles that were written that were critical of mixed martial arts, and I could tell by reading the article that the person who was writing it had no idea what they were talking about. They didn't understand the sport. Like from a fundamental level, they were incorrect about the rules. They were incorrect about what was allowed. They were incorrect about the size of the participants. That they were one size against all. You know, they didn't know. They were Zero. they were, they were yeah. acting on really old information, right. really bad information. Right. But yet here they are writing for some like having an opinion. Well, and writing it in a published form yeah. where they're spreading it out to the world. That's what they're doing when it comes to psychedelics. It's like no appreciation. It's like having a guy do a wine, uh, a wine review mm-hmm. that's never had any wine. Yeah, you know, well, like, oh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll do you one better. Anybody that is trying to get anything like marijuana or mushrooms or any of these things removed from the culture and has no experience in them whatsoever is like a guy who's never had sex trying to make sex illegal. It's mean. It, it's well it's insane it's, 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 it's insane right. that anybody allows it if someone uh, who has never had sex before tried to make sex illegal to all of us that enjoy sex you'd be like are you crazy it's like one of my favorite things like why would you cut the sex out because i don't get hurt. sex so you don't get sex i don't like it i don't appreciate it it rots your brain it weakens your knees <laughs> and someone could just somehow or another trick people into not having sex obviously sex is a natural urge marijuana is something that you learn about but they're both beneficial and enjoyable aspects of this beautiful thing called life. And for whatever fucking reason, we've allowed these dummies that are obviously like you look at a guy like Newt Gringrich. Dude, you don't you don't you don't get to tell me anything. You don't get to tell me yeah, what to do exactly. or how to live a- at all. You don't get to. I don't believe in you. You know, I think you're a corporate puppet, and you don't get to tell me that pot's bad. When I look at Chris Christie, you're 300 pounds. You don't get to give advice. You don't get to give advice. <laughs> oh, marijuana rots the brain and this. Uh, what about your fucking brain that's allowed you to balloon up like an other animal? You don't even look like a human. You look like some sloth, some some walrus-type creature that's waddled out of the o- ocean and put on big pants. You're a ridiculous person. You can't talk about marijuana. You don't experience it. If you don't experience it on a regular basis, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And that's the problem that we have in our culture. We have these people that are giving advice on something that they have no experience. Experience well, these other with. countries. 
we're over mixed up in other civilizations. These people, they are operating for thousands or hundreds, whatever it is. Exactly. And we're going to come over there and say, hey, here we are now. We're going to tell you guys what to yeah, We need humility from people that are leading. That's a very important thing. So when someone takes a big, strong stance on something that they don't have experience with or they don't have full knowledge of, like this, he was talking about good. some study that they've come out with that <laughs> marijuana affects the brain. Yeah, it affects the brain, but they don't know what, if it's good or bad. Did you re- read that part of it? They don't understand what the effects are, what the negative <laughs> effects are. But here's other than short-term memory loss, no one's demonstrated anything really bad. But a lot of positive shit, tumor shrinkage, all sorts of medical benefits that do with deal with inflammation and relieving of pressure and for a lot of people it's short super beneficial good. short yes. memory not so held up on your oh i hate that I, yeah, forget it it's over let it go short memory i like that i got some details there later they come up with me when i need them but uh it's just it's going to carry garbage around your head all day some long. father knows best shit is what mm-hmm. it is i mean we're watching leave it to beaver we're just watching a, a less Less like ridiculous form of it. It's a, imposing, a more modern uh, person. A, uh, a incorrect moral value on you. They they've decided what is right and what's wrong without yeah. having enough information to even have a valid perspective. Yeah. With well, the gall of a man to say that another man should not be able to legally buy something as innocuous as marijuana is so enraging. Who the fuck are you? You can't smoke a joint somewhere uh, by yourself, especially a person corner? who placates a, themselves. Uh. Obviously, you're not you're, you're not some militant fucking like the the the, the gunny and full metal What's jacket. Placate mean placate. I, was, I don't know that word. Uh, you Pla- know, pla- What's the best way to describe placate? Like uh, to make someone believe placid? it, pretend like you're that way. No? no, to try to here, I'll give you a perfect to make okay. someone less angry. Placid. Oh. I think it's based on placid. Oh, okay. But, to try to calm you down. Right, 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 right. Sorry. That's okay. lost my train of thought. No, no, trying. I'm sorry. I have a limited vocabulary in certain areas. But like you that. don't, though. You you have a very high technological vocabulary. Well, I like to ask questions, about... so now I have that word in my repertoire as well. So Placate. Placate, Placate. the masses. You know that expression? You've heard that expression? Like, calm the masses down? I think I've heard the word, but yeah. never really understood what What was that... I saying, though? What was I saying? About the people in the uh, oh that he placates his body he can't, he obviously he gives in to his urges in order to I mean he's, in order to be that big you have to be indulgent I mean there's right. no way so he's got issues so anybody that's got like some obvious issue like that like man you're not allowed to dictate health and 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 like uh, consumption policy behavior even yeah it's Your it's behavior ridiculous is, is poor yeah it's you ridiculous can't even get control on yourself it's also against the current data like there's 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 no like real consensus that shows any sort of significant dangers involved in the consumption of that plant certainly not like some of these other ones that have how many dead this year from yeah but uh, you know what those other ones are fine too i don't have a problem with aspirin being around but aspirin will fuck you up if you get crazy with it you you, You know you're your own uh you're your own architect you You know? know a lot of people die every year from aspirin aspirin kills people you know nobody wants to think about that but people can die from a lot of dumb shit that doesn't make any sense. It's available everywhere. It's not we, our issue is education and honesty. And if you're not honest about something as innocuous as marijuana, then why am I going to trust you about anything else? Like what? Where? Where's the dangerous shit? No. Oh, we're we're we're, we're keeping that legal because it's always been legal. Well, I'm not saying you should make that illegal, but you got to let the less dangerous shit in too. Yeah. This is. And what if the less dangerous shit changes the way people look at everything, including the dangerous shit? Right. And that's a, that's a real possibility that psychedelics offer to a lot of people that are addicted to diseases. 
A lot of people that have PTSD, they're addicted to diseases, have had extreme benefits from psychedelics. There's it's a legal crash. Uh, you know, uh, see, that's like I told you in the beginning, that's what my mom used to say. Oh, it's all, what does that mean? I don't even understand what that Look, is. I'm ranting too much. I, get, I just get all upset. Right. And I'm, I apologize to anybody who's heard this before. But uh, I, I can't help it at a certain point in time. Just It, it hits me, and I, I'm, I'm so confused by it. I feel like I need to repeat it. Because it's so, it's such, it's the worst part of where we're at. It's a bottleneck. It's one of the worst parts is this lack of understanding about what should and shouldn't be happening to us. Whether it's our government committing to wars or whether it's the people's emails being spied upon or whether it's people being forced to not consume certain things that would offer different perspectives or people being. Morality. Yeah. People, people you know? telling you what you Ugh. can and can't do that's not hurting anybody else. And I think one of the things that I'm attracted to is uh, altering the, the current way that I think and altering the current way that other people think and uh, g- giving you a perspective of, of the paths that we just get on. We get stuck in these fucking grooves. And it's so easy to keep making those same turns over and over again whenever you hit these very similar p- moments in your life. And that's where something like the, the isolation tank is so good. It's so good to just awesome. get out of that groove. I can't, you know, I think, you know, like a long, see, when when I met you and everything like that, you know, I, I think I went to, I don't know if I'd just gotten back from Costa Rica or somewhere I went and thought, you know, this is never going to happen. This is, people are never going to get with this. And then, because it was just, you kept trying, and now, but now it seems as if these people in general have gotten up to a place where they're uh, more willing to uh, experience themselves and then, uh, Make action on that. Yeah, I think um, I think we're people are waking up with a lot of things. I mean, what you were talking about earlier about Pilates and yoga. I think people are just waking up about their body. People are really concerned about where their food's coming from now. This is something that hadn't really existed decades ago. No one was concerned about organics, or you know, no one was concerned about GMOs products in general. Just the fact that I don't, and I'm not necessarily saying that GMOs are all bad because I don't think they are. Um, I think there's definitely some benefits to uh, to to some genetically modified organisms but i think it's important that we have the conversations that people who are really intelligent start dedicating time and effort to researching what the benefits pros and cons and then relaying that information back to the people accurately and relaying it back to the public so we know what we're in for but then money gets involved in those things and that's what people are concerned about and they should the outcome and then you what you see you don't even know if it was the uh yeah, but it also snaps people back and makes them more involved in growing their own food and more interested in organic gardens. And you're seeing a lot of farmers markets that are popping up left and right. I think farmers markets are amazing. You go there, you get a direct connection with the guy who actually grows the food. This is the woman who actually milks these cows. This is the guy that actually picks this celery. He's right there. This is their their special tomatoes. They have heirloom tomatoes. You get to meet these people. You know, I think that is that that sort of connection is exciting to people. And that's the blowback back away from a lot of the other stuff but it's all because we're getting this information and we're getting yeah. this fl- and we're we're able to make now our own that decisions becomes kind of appealing yes maybe years ago you really don't want to meet the farmer you really don't care where his tomato came from yeah but now it's kind of like more interesting to understand you know the uh the orientation you know how how it's happening or mm-hmm. you know what's going on people are more and more like the spray on them the, the, the roundup and the like you said adm and all people back they just stuff just happened and they really weren't you know uh 
I don't know if it's, they were cert- they were just caught up in whatever was other going stuff on. Stuff is kind well, they didn't have a way of communicating about it like we have too. The internet really is someone uh, yeah someone could put up a blog about here's the dangers of this particular pesticide on your tomatoes, and then you hear about that and you go whoa that that is not good and that's real. The pesticides kill bugs. Why do they kill bugs? Because they're fucking poison. Why? Why are those plants not getting poisoned? Well, they are, but just not enough to kill them. They figured they out a way to, to, to make the them whole tougher. foods one day, and I'm in there, and a guy was in there spraying the stuff. You know, I said to him, I said, "Hey, what's this? Conventional grown or uh, organically grown? What? What? What does that mean?" He goes, "Well, he goes, uh, I guess if it's organic, it's done without poison." And I said, "Huh? All right." So the conventional means it's like with it a uh, poisonous substance in order to uh, well, okay let's find out about that because I've always wanted to know what is the official description yeah. what is the official definition of organic like I said, yes. I got this from the cleanup when it comes guy to food. and I thought hey he doesn't seem to be a scientist but that seems to make a lot of sense <laughs> let's let's look into Wikipedia yeah. this is organic foods are produced using methods of organic farming currently blah 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 blah, blah requires countries require Producers to obtain special certification in order to market food as organic within their borders. Uh, The context of these regulations, organic food is food produced in a way that complies with organic standards. They keep saying nothing here. What's organic? Yeah, we go back to organic again. While the organic standard is defined differently (laughs) in different jurisdictions. Oh, okay. In general, organic farming responds to site-specific farming and crop conditions by integrating cultural, biological, and mechanical practices that foster cycling of resources, promote ecological balance, and conserve biodiversity. I didn't know that. Okay, mm. synthetic pesticides and chemical fertilizers are not allowed, although certain organically approved pesticides may be used under limited conditions in general organic foods, are not processed using irradiation, industrial solvents, or chemical food additives. Mm. I didn't know the first part, though. I didn't know it was defined by uh, cycling uh, the uh, conditions, cycling of re- resources. Well, that's, that's what they need to do, mulch, right? To keep and, it, yeah. uh, yeah. the, the, the nutrients mm-hmm. in the uh, soil there. Yeah, that's that's one of the most difficult things, Crop apparently. rotation, I guess, is... Uh, Crop rotation and also, you know, when you have enormous chunks of land that are just dedicated entirely to corn or entirely to this or entirely to that, you know, a lot of times those farmlands become minerally deficient and they have to actually mm-hmm. add minerals to the ground in order to... Uh, I think they would use in the old days, like they would use like fish and stuff like that to try to replenish their garden. Fish is apparently really good for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the the idea that that's a weird thing to want something to be organic, like you gotta you gotta ask for that. It's like how did you allow people to pour poison on on food? How did you allow people to grow? I mean, isn't there another way to deal with those bugs? Can you like hire someone to clean the bugs off? I and mean, you have to fucking spray death from the sky. It sounds ridiculous. Like my my version of it sounds ridiculous. Birds and animals. Do uh, birds eat all the corn too? Though don't they? Uh, I don't know. Animals it's got a do. Covering on it. Well, I don't know who eats it. Well, you know, I was watching some show the other day on the History Channel. It was actually about history, which is hilarious because you watch the fucking History Channel. When was the last time you saw some shit about history? Right? right. Never. It's always like alligator farmers or something, <laughs> something fucked up. But it was uh, about locusts. It was all about um, the early 1800s, and these people were like uh, traveling across uh, the United States, setting up farms and stuff. And the locusts hit these people's farms, and they had to send in the army to bring these people food. I mean, these these grasshoppers, these locusts, were just they filled the sky 
for hours, like for hours and hours, they filled the sky and just flew by and just destroyed everything, just tore through people's crops. And they were talking about how big it must have been, the, the millions and millions of, of bugs that wow. must have been in the air. Yeah. They, and they just went insane. straight for the corn, though. They huh? went straight for crops. They just buzzed through and killed everything. They said you would see it as a storm cloud coming at you. And then as you looked down, or looked up, rather, you would realize somewhere along the line that that wasn't a cloud, that was a storm. You'd it was a cloud of it. bugs. Did they make a clicky yeah. sound or something? Pull up, pull up video of locusts. Pull up some locust video from the, you know. What does the locust whenever. sound like? Does it got a clicky sound when it's flying? I don't know. I've never been around locusts. I've been around grasshoppers, and apparently they're in the grasshopper family. Yeah, yeah. Where's this locust shells that's so disgusting? You just like go outside, you know, just see this empty shell of what looks exactly like a locust, but oh, it's yeah. just like the shell of it. Just the outside of those yeah. things. But if you've, um, if you've ever heard of like biblical predictions, locusts was involved yeah. in biblical predictions of apocalyptic conditions you know they always talked about locusts locusts taking the sky yeah, yeah like when you think about like old horror movies you know like the demonic possession things a plague of locusts hit egypt this weekend causing some citizens to burn tires in an attempt to ward them off that's when you know shit gets ugly Burn tires? Burn tires. Ugh. Swarm of locusts were spotted like in several that. districts of Cairo on Saturday as they invaded the Giza area of the Middle Eastern nation. Oh, let's see this shit. I can't wait. It's like a previews for a movie. Yeah. What is it? Star Wars, bitch? <laughs> 30 million <laughs> insects. <laughs> Once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> let's see this shit. I want to see them invade. I don't see shit. Here they are. That's it? Oh, they're coming. It's not going to be pretty. This is not good film. This is terrible. Oh, I guess we're not seeing it in good HD. That's what it is. We're seeing it in this shitty YouTube thing via our television. But yeah, wow. Wow. That's a lot of goddamn bugs. There's the noise, too. Whoa. That's so weird. They're like the ultimate gang. And they fly in this huge formation and just cause massive destruction and apparently they've done it you know since the beginning of time yeah they occasionally get together what's well, in the bible like gangs. you said i think in the biblical yeah. they say oh locusts they yeah. come in the uh that's one of the uh things that one of the signs of gay people have been fucking each other <laughs> whoa look at that oh boy this is in the congo that's is that crazy. what it said yeah. they're, they're grasshoppers whoa like, why just now look at that Oh my god, that's disgusting. That's insane. People are freaking the fuck out. Bitch, shut your mouth. Jesus Christ. How old is that kid? She's over eight. Tell her to shut her hole. Oh my god, this kid with the ears. Shut this kid down. Uh, that's a lot of bug. Oh my god, wow, that is incredible. You know what? I might be screaming like, like a bitch. Yeah, right? ah, ah, so I'd be right there with the kid. Imagine being on a motorcycle just trying to get home and you're just like splat, splat, splat. And this said the Congo? This is in the Congo? So many of them. This mommy's not helping you, dude. What is she gonna do? <laughs> yeah, we've been Fucking sitting here for about 20 minutes. Goddamn storm. Like, you should be so psyched that people invented cars. Right. That's how you should feel right now. You should be like, people are awesome. Look at the cars we invented to protect us from locusts. Whoa. That's what you should be thinking. You should be like, oh, that's amazing. Thank God they invented pesticides to spray to the sky. 
knock those fuckers dead. <laughs> can they um, do anything when when locusts come? Do you think? Can they like throw nets up or anything? What Burn tires. Yeah. Yeah. What do they? How do they stop locusts? You know, you do. You get like a windmill with like a very large paddle, and you just put it in the center of the town. Just swatter, <laughs> just smack them right in the face as they come in. Just kill them all eventually. Well, they put a put a sheet down below, so when you chop them up, that's a good protein powder there. It's very good for you, the right? Locust protein powder. A lot of people eat bugs in other parts of the uh, other parts of the world where they have to. And they're tasty. The locust? locust? Yeah, crunchy. You know. Have you actually eaten them? Well, no. But what are you saying, Crash? The, remember, you just get this is all going chocolate wrong. Chocolate uh, candies. Yeah, I never got a chocolate, chocolate covered grasshopper or something. Really? Yeah. Did oh, you yeah. eat them? No, I'd never tried it, but they sell that shit at uh, Urban Outfitters, actually. <laughs> Urban Outfitters sells locusts? Yeah, they sell like these weird bugs. Like You can just get chocolate and ants there. And, I've and, had chocolate yeah. ants. Caterpillars. The, the thing about chocolate ants is you know, they, they're actually good for you. Like Ants are actually good for you, Like if, as long as you're not poison ants. Right. When you're eating ants, it's actually a good source of protein. So if it's a good source of protein covered in chocolate, you kind of feel like, well, I'm not really eating candy. But you're still eating candy. I think yeah. we put the windmill up after they hit the the cornfield. Then mm. after they're all full of corn, then we then we make them into the powder, and then, then they have more nutritional value. Well, I think even if you put the windmill up, you'd only kill the ones that are near the windmill. The ones underneath the windmill that are like your height and my height, it's, they, they fly like an inch off the ground, those fuckers. Like, they're everywhere. Whew, kamikazes. Yeah, there's so many of them. There's no room. They can't all just be in the sky. How does that happen? How do they all get born? That's a good question. I think they fuck. Just all of those I at think, one time? I it's think like they a, do. That's called those... a clusterfuck, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's the biblical clusterfuck. Yeah. Wow. What a, we're lucky. We're very lucky, especially here in California. We don't even have mosquitoes, dude. You know, I thought about that when I was up in Canada. We have to, they have a thing called thermocell. You ever heard of a thermocell? Uh-uh. It's weird. It's like got a compartment in it that you put like uh, a chemical, and then you turn these suckers on, and then you put it down, and this like mist comes out. And you can't smell it at all, but the mosquitoes avoid you like the plague. So we would sit down outside in the woods, and it was really mosquito-ridden. Like, immediately the mosquitoes come near, and you're like, holy shit, I don't think I could do this. Like, this is rough. Like, they were all over you. You put this thermocell thing down, Boom. ten minutes later, they're gone. Before that, I got, like, a mask on, a ski mask and a hat, and I got fucking gloves on. I'm like, jeez, and they're trying to bite me through my gloves like you fuckers. They're everywhere. Persistent. Thermocell, you keep it on for 10 minutes, there's no mosquitoes. Boom. You know what huh. sucks is those, uh, I don't know if they have them in Los Angeles, is the Japanese beetles. That In the Midwest, we used to get so many Japanese beetles that we'd have to have these bags that you put in your front and backyard where the beetles would come in and get collected in there. And it's just like every week, you just have this humongous bag of just sweaty bugs that really? are trapped. You have to Can't throw get it out. Away. Huh? Yeah. It's like a beetle uh, yeah, hotel. Beetle tra- yeah, it's like a beetle trap. Just wow. bags of beetles. Wow. I saw some uh, video the other day of another thing we don't have to deal with. There was a hailstorm somewhere that had fucked this guy's car up. This guy's entire car was like covered in like dents, like everywhere, as if it had like a really bad case of chicken pox and scraped off all of its scabs. Like the whole car was just pocked in. Windows are broken. The, 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 The hail was so big, it shattered the windshield. If one of those hit you in the head, too, you you're a dad, man. How many people die from hail every year? A bit more than it coconuts. Has to be a lot. Ten? Like, more than coconuts? For real? Oh, I don't know. I know some people. Do. They say they die from coconuts, Look right? Look how excited I got. Well, yeah. I know. 150 people die every year from coconuts. Really? Yep. Okay, how many people die per year it, about hail? How many would you say? Let's guess. guess? Uh, 50. Over 100. Die. Before I left uh, for California, my house got 
the golf-sized hail, and the whole Columbus area, and everybody's car got ruined. Everybody's house was ruined. People would move to Columbus just to be insurance agents for like a year because everyone's house were fucked, and so everyone got new cars. Like it was so weird that like the whole city almost got new cars at the same time. Oh my God! There's a hailstorm, uh, a hailstone in 1928 that weighed 1.5 pounds. What is that? How big is that? It is seven inches. Wow. And it weighed 1.5 pounds. And it came from the fucking sky. It's believed to be the largest known in the U.S. at the time. Man. They captured that bad boy, huh? Seven inches. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, there's another one that in 1970 that was 1.67 pounds. So it was even bigger. Jesus Christ. <laughs> A Labor Day thunderstorm caused $342 million worth of insurance Ooh. damage in Calgary. I wonder who's out stones. there like, looking for the bigger one. You know? oh, that, there's a, there's a, that one's like 12 ounces over there. You know? No, no, here's a bigger one. You know? a, somebody's running around and the, uh, there's this uh, ice balls flying around the place. Well, every now and then the can- dangerous. You like have a helmet can- on. Kansas had this one in 1992. Two batches of severe thunderstorms for six hours. Oh, within six hours of each other, dumped hailstones up to four and a half inches across this area, including the city of Wichita, surrounding counties uh, of South Central Kansas, and over 10,000 homes were damaged. (laughs) The hail left wheat fields in a near total loss. Property damage totaled $500 million, (sighs) with crop damage at $100 million. Unbelievable. How many people died, though? I can't find it. You huh. can't find. Imagine if you'd be the first dummy that died from hail. They stay in when that stuff. They happening. say nobody dies. No, nah, nah. you fucking, you're fine. You're yeah. not a stalk of wheat. Doesn't hurt that bad. Let's see, hail <laughs> storm. I tried to get hail storm fatalities. Let's How many people that. die a year from hail? Twenty-seven people died uh, from tomato tornadoes and hailstorms okay. in the Midwest. What's that? It says here 900 people a year. What? How many said from the coconut again? What did you say? 150. 150? Jesus. Is it, where does it say that? 900 a year? Where does uh, it say that? It just came up. How many people die from hail? 900 a year. It can be a very dangerous thing. It's Are there any com. instances of death? There's only one here that it says they know of, of in the United States. 1939 in Lubbock, Texas, a farmer got caught in an open field and died from uh, hail. Yeah, last known death. Fort Collins, an infant lying in its mother's arms was killed by hail Ugh. in 1979. Can you imagine that? It your doesn't seem like, hands and yeah, there's nothing you could do, man. If you're caught oh, in an open field you. and it started coming down hard, it kills your kid. Ugh, that's got to be the worst. It's not many people, man. I don't believe it's 900 a year. Yeah, I this think- actually says the last known death was caused by hail in the U.S. was in the year 2000. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. It was 900 total. Well, yeah. you know what? Today, whole, people know everything. so much about storms. And if you live in an area where you might, you know, you live in some Kansas-type area where they have hailstorms on a regular basis. Well, get in. Yeah. Look at the cars getting pummeled, you know. Hurricanes are way scarier. Yeah. Hurricanes are the most scary. You ever you, uh, you ever see that show, This Old House? You remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember that, that guy. Yeah, uh, Bob Velen and 
Uh, they still have that show on. I watched it, uh, some PBS this weekend, and they were rebuilding the Jersey Shore, and they were oh, showing yeah. how I mean, it's destroyed. It's destroyed. But so what they've had to do is go under all these houses and like lift them up all ten feet. So all the houses are going up ten feet to make them taller. To make so, them taller. So if the water comes in again, they're okay. Right, and they have to That's take these humongous crazy. like like uh, like these like Columns. poles. You know, they yeah. look like uh, telephone poles, and that they like push them into the ground like 20 feet or something like that oh just God. to put on i mean it's such a pain in the ass and it's not going to be they say uh jersey shore is probably not going to come back for another seven to ten years completely until it's back huh. to normal that's incredible yeah. i can't believe that they're going to do that and make these poles and then just sit there and what if the water's under you can actually fucking sit in your house and the water comes up to the top of the pole yeah and you're like oh my god why did i build a house here again what am i crazy yeah i got the ocean under my house right I have to put the boat on the roof. You see the ocean like slowly coming up closer and closer to the bottom uh, of your house. You're like, fuck. And why wouldn't you just go 20 feet? Why wouldn't you just oh. be the one person that's 20 feet? Because then you'd have to get all the way up there and the shit would be swaying in the breeze. You'd have to dig yeah. deeper holes for the columns. You'd have to worry about, I mean, I don't know how strong the ground is there. Yeah. We had a house in Hawaii. It was on uh, poles. It was on Sunset <laughs> Beach there, right at the beach. It got washed away in 69. Wow. The three houses, the, the waves came up so high as it... Between Pipeline and Waimea, I live in Sunset. There was a, there's three houses that were on poles because they had been washed up on the Cam Highway. When they wow. brought them back down, they put them up on these poles, and we lived in one of them. Wow, it's pretty cool. Fuck but that. the that waves cool. never came up that high. I mean, I, I think they're only counting on tsunamis and shit. Yeah, I know? think that's what that pole thing is. But a tsunami, the thing is, if the water comes in, it's not coming in by itself. Okay. Did you ever watch the tsunami that hit in J- Japan? Yeah, They're guy. bringing in boats and houses. Yeah. Yeah. Your house and is going to get hit by a house. You're going to get <laughs> fucked. You're gonna, your, your, your house is going to get hit by a boat. Yeah. You don't want that to happen, man. Debris. You want to get out of there. <laughs> Just yeah. don't fucking count on that 10-foot pole. That fucking... Yeah, there's people that stayed in uh, you know many storms. I remember Gloria when I was a kid. When I was a kid and I lived in Boston is when uh, Hurricane Gloria hit. I want to say... Boy, if I had to guess, I'd have to say I was in high school, so I was, I'd say it was in the 80s. It, but uh, it was a huge one, and it hit way the fuck up the East Coast. And uh, it put it knocked the power out in a lot of places. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. It was 1985. So it was when I was uh, in high school and I was graduating. That was my, the, my senior year of high school. It was 85. And that's when this fucker hit. And it hit. The first major storm to affect New York and Long Island directly since Hurricane Donna in 1960. So people went a long time. They went 25 years years when they hadn't had a hurricane hit them. And this motherfucker came down and wiped out everything. And power was out. And I lived in Boston, which is pretty far away from the epicenter of the storm. But I remember it being utterly humbling. I remember we were in my house, we were looking out the window, and the trees were just fucking, like, they were like Bent like over. leaves. They were blowing back and forth like they were just leaves. Like, there was no weight to them. And you would, see, you would go out afterwards, and just trees would be falling everywhere. Just co- collapsed over streets, collapsed on houses, collapsed on cars, just broken trees everywhere. And just the feeling like, whoa. Like, you know, I had been in storms before. I'd been in thunderstorms before. I'd been in snowstorms before. But there was something about a hurricane, and even a hurricane that, you know, I, I was way away from the center. I lived in Boston. 
I lived in Newton, Massachusetts, actually. So that was like, you know, a suburb of Boston. Like, man, we didn't, you know, we just didn't get nothing. Just the residual was. Yeah, uh, just the residual. Off the Incredible. Hook. I um, mean, it was, I, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be in one of those Katrina ones. The ocean is so powerful. That that water, we, you know, I, when I was out there, I was trying to learn how to surf, too, about the same time, near death. I don't know how many times. You hit by one of these waves. Yeah. The, the, the water possesses so much power. You know, you, you, you yeah. really have to have a respect for it. You know, and once it gets riled up like that coming at you, there's a, not a whole lot going to be done to slow it down, I don't think. Well, I think we're basing our ideas about what the uh, atmosphere is like, like what the weather's like, what the, you know, the safety of being around volcanoes, the safety of being around the ocean. We're basing it on the few hundred years that people have been paying attention and taking notes. You know, how many people have been here before that? The Native Americans only, really. And what happened to them? Yeah, well, that was us, most well, of it. But it was a tsunami or who but knows? But there were certainly people that died in that way as well, you mm. know. We just didn't hear about it. I mean, there had to be people. If people have lived in North America for the past, you know, X amount of thousands of years, like they have evidence that goes way back to 10,000 years ago of people living in North America. So if that's the case, for sure something during that time, like there had to been a bunch of events, a bunch of things happening. We just, we're not aware. So when something like Katrina comes or something like Gloria comes when I was in high school, like you, you go, wait, is this possible? This, this can happen too? Like, this can fucking happen? Like, shouldn't we be preparing for this? How often does this happen? Well, the last time it happened was 1960, so just relaxed. Okay, but it can happen, right? This can happen? You should prepare for this. Now that you know that this can happen, there should be no houses that are built from here on out that can't deal with this. Because it might not happen, but it could fucking happen. It has happened. It, you got two of them on record. You got one from 1960. You got one from 1985. Done. What the fuck do I have to tell yeah. you? We're waiting for that. These bitches yeah. are happening. They're coming. Let's get ready. You don't know what could happen. You could get three of them in a year. Like the, the ones that existed before people measured things, they still existed. The giant fucking storms that killed people before meteorologists were invented were still valid. And this idea that we're basing it off on this tiny little window that we've been alive. You know, fucking, I've been in L.A. since 94. I haven't seen a single fucking significant earthquake. Let's not worry. Everybody's a pussy. Are you crazy? <laughs> this fucking thing's on a piece of moving ground. It's just you don't live long enough for it to move that much. Because the, the perspective that it you're looking moving. at. It is moving. You've got to move. It's going to happen. Yeah, you're looking at it in All terms right. of a human life perspective. Right. you got to look at it in a fractal sense. Like yeah. the, 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 the earth. And there's no guarantees. Yeah, this could hundred years and, is nothing. It, it could be right now. It's, time could be up. Well, just think about what we were talking about before, the difference between us and the people in the 1940s, the difference between the people in the 1940s, and the difference between them and the people in the 1820s. Add all that stuff up together. Look at it and just go back a few times like that, a few generations like that, and that's what we have. That's the amount of information we have. And in the, that time, in those time periods, we have a bunch of them. We have the earthquake and fire in San Francisco. We have floods. We have Hurricane Katrina. Katrina. We have Gloria. We have the, the most recent ones, the, the tornadoes that, that won that fucking town in, um, what was that town? The Joplin, Mississippi, like almost completely wiped off the map. I believe it was Joplin. I should Is probably it Missouri or Mississippi? Joplin. Was it Missouri? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Joplin, Missouri. Missouri. Mm. Missouri. It's one of my favorite places. I Do you really? Hang out in Joplin all the time. Tornado. They. Are Missouri. you joking? Are you joking, bro? Yeah. I'm 2011 joking. in Joplin, a tornado struck Joplin, Missouri. Uh, it was a lar a larger late May tornado outbreak, and it reached a maximum width. Ready for this? 
of one mile, a width of a mile, a tornado. That's a mile wide. No, 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 no. That's the devastation path. Oh, a mile wide when it comes through? What was it, F5? Dude, I don't know. What's F5 classification? I don't know what that means. I I just know it means death. Oh, yeah. It reached a maximum width of nearly one mile during its path through the southern part of the city. It rapidly intensified and tracked eastward through across the city and then continued eastward across Interstate 44 <clears throat> into rural sections of Jasper County and Newton County. It was the third tornado to strike Joplin since May of 1971. The tornado killed 158 people with the additional Four indirect deaths injured some 1,150 others and caused damages amounting to $2.8 billion. It was the deadliest tornado to strike the United States since the 1947 tornadoes. Whoa. Since the tornado in the 47, there was a multiple? Yeah. We there really was got the devastated. That's glacier, a bad year. <clears throat> the Glacier Higgins Woodward tornadoes in 1947. Yeah. And these, uh, they traveled 125 miles from Texas to Oklahoma, destroying everything in its path. Because it was originally thought to have left a 220-mile path, but it's now believed to have been a part of a family of eight or nine tornadoes. (gasps) A fucking family of tornadoes. These tornadoes, although deadly, did not match the astounding death toll of the earlier event nor did they match the record speed of that tornado, or the, although at over 40 miles per hour, they qualified as a fast-tracking storm. Huh. Wow. Mom, I'm home. Dude, could you fucking imagine looking out your window and seeing nine tornadoes coming at you and just thinking about all the times you jerked off and what the Bible told you and you're, like, thinking it was you? You know, if you lived in 1947, bro. Then the locusts are coming on top of yeah. it. You know it's if, over. If you were in Texas and it was 1947, you could convince yourself that those tornadoes were coming for you because you jerked off. If you were 16, if you were some kid who's just resisting church so bad, but you couldn't, you couldn't stop beating off, and you'd still go to church, your dad would scream at you, and you're in there beating off, and you look out the window, and you see nine tornadoes heading your way, and you're fucking convinced it was you. Convinced it was you that killed everybody. Fire and brimstone, Brian Redband masturbating. The devil has sent his henchmen to take you out of the path and out of the path of righteousness. And you have to become a priest because everyone in the town died because of you. You and your beating off, you fuck. Family of tornadoes. Yeah. That's a terrifying idea. There's a lot of heavy vibes on that, man. Mm-hmm. When you know you're behind a something a like mile that. A mile-wide tornado. Whew. What the hell, man? Nine of them. Man. All in a little patch. I wonder if I'm correct. Tornadoes. I wonder if I'm correct saying the mile of destruction because it sounded so much better than just the actual width of the storm. I'm so happy we don't have to deal with tornadoes, man. That shit was scary. I saw one the other fuck. day. I saw one the other day. Where? I saw a tornado of leaves. Oh, yeah. Out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. It was Dust tornadoes the are crazy. weirdest shit ever. I mean, it wasn't a tornado that kills, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I was driving and I stopped my car to watch it. It's yeah. crazy. You ever gone through like the desert, like 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 driving to like Vegas or something? You'll just see on the side of the road like a, a, a sand tornado, and you're like, "What the fuck is that? Is that going to hurt me?" <laughs> yeah, crazy. right. Like, um, they can get them. I mean, they have gotten them in California before. We we looked that up one day. What we're is a to tornado out. anyway? Some sort of a weather condition. Something so the happens. Weather, the weather uh, snaps starts, and it starts to spinning. I and believe then, it's uh, like cold weather mixing with warm weather. Yeah. 
like it's like cold fronts and front. warm warm weather. Is there just spin? Just I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, let's look it up. Let's look it up. What causes a tornado? <laughs> what is a tornado? Dude, this is like we got a cyclone crash. too. You got a cyclone. We learned today. We well, learned we're learning every day. Hopefully, let's. Uh, well, okay. I'm not going to go along with that. I'm still holding with my. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. It's more sexy. Black helicopters. A tornado is a violently rotating column of air that is in contact with both the surface of the Earth and a. Okay, ready for this one. How do you say this? Q C U M U L O N I M B U S. Cumulonimbus. 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 Cumulonimbus cloud. Or, wow. in rare cases, a uh, the base of a cumulus cloud. Cumulus. And they are often cum- cumulus. And they are often referred to as twisters or cyclones. Although the word cyclone is used in meteorology in a wider sense to name any closed low pressure circulation. Tornadoes come in many shapes and sizes, but they are typically in the form of a visible condensation funnel whose narrow end touches the earth and is often encircled by a cloud of debris and dust. Have you ever seen the video from Dallas, Texas from two years ago where uh, semis were flying through the air? It's like a movie Twister. Pull that up. Pull up semis flying oh. through the air in Dallas Twister. It was the craziest shit. I was watching it on TV. I was in Texas at the time, too. I was in another part of Texas. And they... Oh, wait a minute. That's not true. No, I was in Texas during another one. But it wasn't this one. The one where they had it on the news... I think I was in another state, but I could have been in Texas. I was like, I was on the road, and I was like, I could have been in Texas right now. I've been to that there part for one of, of Texas. I, I, <laughs> anyway, p- point being, I'm watching the news, and here it is. This is exactly the footage, and there's a, twitter, a twister. This is on the fucking news, and the guy's talking, and you see actual semi-like tractor trailers flying through the fucking air like paper cups, man. Like as you're seeing this this funnel spinning. Look at that. See that? Oh. Uh. Those are tractor trailers, Whoa. man. And look, they get... Are we logging? Look at it. You see the, the things crackle? See all the electrical that? fires? Because uh. they're, they're, they're removing them. They're remo- removing electrical cables and shit from the ground and shorting things out. And eventually, it picks up these tractor trailers and is, they're flying through the fucking air. Is this the same video? I believe it is. Okay, there. There's one flying through the fucking air. Look at that. Yeah, that's that's a tractor trailer, wow. bro. It's flying. I mean, what, that, what does that weigh? What is it, it's got to weigh a few thousand pounds. Well, it depends if it's got anything in it, too. Well, yeah, but if it does, even if it doesn't have anything in it. Look, there's one. Yeah, that's flying through the air and landing on shit. Boom, it's throwing it through the air. Those are all like cargo boxes and tractor trailers. It's great. Look at all those tractor trailers. Wow. Just jacked. Picked up and tossed and twisted around like like an aluminum foil. Uh, Amazing. They landed near the highway. It's fucking crazy. Mother Nature's... Uh, that bitch doesn't play. No. It's on her terms. Yeah, it is on her terms. Uh, especially when we're fucking around, lighting shit on fire, and sending <sighs> rocket ships into space, and fucking with the air, and... Airplanes burning fuel and cars are burning fuel and adding to the pollution. Yeah, it's weird. But even if we didn't, 
Even if we didn't add, even if we didn't, the place is a goddamn horrifying mess. Even if we didn't do a goddamn thing, if we lived our lives completely ecocentric, uh, if we lived our lives with organic farming, uh. if we lived our lives in a completely harmonious way with nature, we could still get smushed by a big Clobbered. rock from space. Clobbered. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Not to say that we shouldn't be, you know, loving to our Mother Earth, and we absolutely should. Absolutely. 100%. Without a doubt. No argument from me. But it's possible for us to get fucked up by a super volcano, even if we did. Even if we did. An ice age can come, even if we did the best we could do. Well, the dinosaurs should all die. Yeah. Those, they, would they hit it with a, th- a meteor? No, they were using their cell phones too much. Too much so on the cell phone. The fucking brain cell phone yeah. uh, drew in. <laughs> Imagine if they found old cell phones that dinosaurs used and we realized <laughs> dinosaurs were super fucking smart. They had cell phones. They, they had a picture of that guy <laughs> on that line. At the, uh, it was in the beginning of a movie, and he was walking by with a phone on his ear. Mm-hmm. It was in front of Man's Theater. What was that movie? There was a uh, a lost clip they found off of an old movie, Charlie Chaplin movie. Oh no 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 no! Yeah, he had, had a he had a he, they that's what everyone thought it was. You saw that guy walking by with a thing like that. Yeah, it's not what it was. There was an invention that they had come up with for people that were hard of hearing before they had hearing aids, and you'd hold it up to your ear, and it would magnify the sound. That's what it was. And so, to in a blurry image, when you're looking at it, you know. Yeah, it's like a future yeah. guy. He's, he's on his cell phone or well, something. Well, you know, to this day, people have ear problems, and they, they get hearing aids. Oh, and you yeah. see them a lot. They stick out of their ear. Well, back in those days, they just held it up to their ear. Right, right. So that was a sound... Uh, yeah, it was I some sort of an amp- sound amplifier. Yeah, you wonder. Yeah, if someone's going to do time travel, I don't think they would go to the Charlie Chaplin days. Yeah, you know? yeah. what are you going to hang around here and do that for? It's Could you imagine if we did find out that some dude's been fucking traveling back in time from the future, and we get up to the future one day and we meet him? You're like, wait a minute, Dick. I've seen you before. You find out he's Jimi Hendrix. He's fucking. He's been a bunch of different people. <laughs> you know, like he's just been going back in time and being a bad motherfucker. But really, it's just some guy from the future. You never know. You know. Just, no, you do know. That's ridiculous. And I'm stoned. <laughs> How dare you, Crash? Please, don't you never know I'm me? I'm hoping Hendrix shows back up, man. I think he. Uh, why? You got Elvis and, here. Hen- and Hendrix here. Listen, it was already here. I, yeah. lo- I got a Hendrix shirt on, man. You I got do. Hendrix behind See, me. That's he an was already here. And yeah, he's got a poster here. That's a cat that left a, uh, a you know something behind that was He was uh, awesome. I'm a huge fan, awesome. but he doesn't need to come back. He did well, his time. Yeah, he did his time. Yeah, I, now I you agree. got Gary Clark Jr. And I'm not saying Gary Clark Jr. is equivalent to Hendrix, but I'm saying, look, there's always going to be honey honey. There's always going to be, you know, new bands that come out. There's always going to be like cool Let's new hope. sounds. There's the Black oh. Keys. There's always going to be, you know, if, there's always cool shit, man. It's always coming out. I'm glad. Fuck yeah. This is the best time ever. I agree. Anybody that doesn't doesn't think this is the best time ever on earth is silly. We're not taking advantage of the situation then. I mean, here's what we have. We're here, all this stuff to to keep keep us happy and keep us occupied. Calculator watches. You know, uh, cell phones. uh, (laughs) Tons of, uh, you know, things that uh, occupy our time and give there, us a There chance. are things that occupy our time in a negative way. They can, they can take your time away. But they also give you the opportunity to do things. It's up to you to decide what you do with your time. Exactly. That, that's that thing again. Is it, so They say, oh, it's bad to be selfish. And I think, oh, it's not because if you're concerned with yourself and what you're up to, you, you turn out to be a better product for the other people around you. You say, oh, wow, this guy's actually spent some time with himself. Yeah, selfish is a weird word though because well, when I think of selfish, I think of like you know, greedy. Like, 
Like, you know, you know those movies where, like, people are trapped somewhere and it turns out one dude's been hogging all the food and lying about it? Yeah. That, that's guy's a selfish fuck. That's know? the way they present Right? It. Yes. But you know what I mean? You hear about yeah. that guy and you're like, you dick. Or one guy, like, shuts the door, you know, like, stop, don't shut the door. Yeah. And he runs selfish. away. Yeah. That guy's selfish, selfish. right? That's a right. selfish person. And then you hear the people get killed by the monster. And then you find out that he shut the door. You're like, you dick. Yeah. That's a selfish guy. Um, but there's also self-aware and self-awareness and, and concentrating on yourself. And some people are uncomfortable with other people concentrating on themselves. Some people are, uh, they're uncomfortable with people that are like really into their bodies. They're uncomfortable with people that are really into fitness or people that are really into health. They get, they get upset at them. They don't like it. It makes them feel bad. Well, remember they, they used to look at the label in the store and you look at these people in a, in a shopping store and they're looking at the label and they what are they? What are they? What is it? These are words you don't even know what they mean. In, in the you know many years ago, mm-hmm. now, I, 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 everybody now knows. everybody's now looking at it. High fructose corn syrup. Look at that. Times I mean, have changed. You know, can't tell you how many times I picked aware. up uh, uh, an ingredient and look, oh, I fucking know. Yeah, look, I can't say it. I'm not going to eat it. You know, I can't even read what this stuff is. I'm not going to put it in my mouth. I mean, what, are you kidding me? You know what I started looking at recently that I never looked at before? Grams of sugar in drinks. Like grams of sugar in like like a, a a sports drink, one of those sports drinks type things. It's crazy. It's a, it's like more sugar than you're supposed to have in a day. Well, is it you know? sugar even? Now this corn is syrup. stuff from the beets, and there's this stuff from the corn. Beets? Yeah, yeah, beet sugar. You know the beet sugar. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds good. Well, you know, you think it's you? good. I think that they're supposed to have been uh, modified or something. I don't know. Once again, <laughs> yeah. chemtrails. Yeah. Yeah, you know, try not to get too upset by all this, but try to like get, when you buy the sugar, get the cane sugar, organic cane sugar. Is it, yes, you read, that's what the labels. Now the I understand that. You I know, read really, all the labels, your body know. doesn't want sugar like that. No. I mean, you can have it in cookies, and you can have it in cakes, and you can have it in moderation, and you'll be fine. But your body doesn't want it like that. Your body wants sugar that's attached to foods. Yeah, there's like a lot of yummy stuff. That, fruits like, and look, stuff. I love if, that if stuff. oranges didn't exist. Okay, if they didn't exist, and you had to go to some place, crazy exotic location to find an orange, like a real good ripe Florida orange, one of those big plump ones, with it's easy to peel, and you bite into that fucker, and you're like, oh, it's so delicious. It would be an extreme luxury. It's so much better than caviar. It's just caviar is hard to get, but caviar tastes like dog shit. It's gro- Oh, it's an acquired taste. No one needs an acquired taste for oranges. I like it. I think oranges it are good. delicious. Oranges are you good. You like caviar? Yeah, I do. You're yeah. one of those motherfuckers. I used bro. to live with some Russian people, and I got a. Uh, you acquired the taste. For I caviar. did acquire the taste, but uh, it is. It's, I, I can appreciate the. Uh, it, it's, Nothing wrong with it, but my point is, the you had to acquire them. Right. Oranges, right there. Perfect. It's Every delicious. Time. It's Apples. very different. I get it. It's a sophisticated palate that recognizes, recognizes the subtleties of our caviar. Yeah. Our caviar is from a very particular type of sturgeon. Yeah. I can't even tell if it's green. I mean, if it's with black or the red or whatever. It's, it's all tastes kind of like the same to me. It's dog shit. It's bro. like wine. It's nasty. I never used to, you know, like, I can't really tell the difference. Oh, this is a, tastes like a wine, you know. I, I can know. taste good wine. Like, wine that tastes good. I just don't. It's good to, a sommelier, that is a real job. Like someone who actually understands the wine. Palette, you know, the that. guys who are really good at it, they really it really is an art. It's they a weird... spit it out and stuff. They don't even swallow mm, it. They... Otherwise, they'd get fucked up. They could tell what it is by swirling it mm-hmm. or somehow in their mouth. They... Yeah. Well, the, you still get drunk, but you get drunk less quick than if you drink it all. Yeah. You know, it tastes good in your tongue. And Sublingually, they... you're getting... Yeah. Uh, the... Some of them drink it, though. They just go old school and get that... Fucking Orson Welles pot belly and keep rocking it. Keep, <laughs> keep hitting Sonoma hard every year. <laughs> fucking pound that that Santa Inez wine. Yeah, I never gone to one of those um, 
those wine tasting things. Wine tasting really? things. Brian swears by Oh, it's it. great. It's fun. I don't want to be around a bunch of stinky drunks. Hey, you, you do there, it by pretending yourself. to be cultured, wearing your fucking boat shoes. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes with those moccasins, with the fucking, those weird yellow shoelaces in their moccasins. Oh, yeah, the moccasins. Get out of here, man. I know Penny what you're lovers. doing. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those weird things. I know what you're doing. Get we out of here. We used to do gigs down there at the Ganey Winery. Ganey Winery, you heard of that? Gigs? A band yeah, gig? Yeah, band, you know, it shows. Yeah? At the Ganey Winery. They have gigs at a winery? Yeah, yeah, outside. It was to be fun. Yeah, it's like a party. Well, we're, we're yeah. running out of time. So right. um, let's talk about uh, your, your your tank center and the new place that you guys are doing. And what's the difference between what you're doing and what the, a lot of these commercial places that are using these home tanks, we have uh, – there's a real problem with that, right? As far as, like, infections and far as safety and as far as, like, everything needs to be moved to a higher standard. That's uh – Certainly, our opinion of the situation. You know, we, we've been working with you know with NSF and the other state and local authorities then to uh, get in tune with what's required as far as uh, rules and regulations. To, as far as testing the water and that stuff too. On those that's lines. our certification. We've mm-hmm. been certified for that. Which have a three log kill, what they call, which is ninety nine point nine of all the microorganisms that are infected. They infect the water. Then they see how long it takes to eradicate this infection. And obviously this is a big difference between someone who just has one that's only for them, only for their own personal use, which is like a lot of these more low-end ones, and someone who is running a commercial business. Sort of like the difference between your home pool and your swimming pool at at the gym. I always like to say, you know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, opening a restaurant with an easy-bake oven. Mm -hmm. You know, it it isn't appropriate. Right. For appropriate, you see, this is not up to us to decide anyway. All that we've had to do is adhere to these standards and codes that have been set up by realistic people that, that understand. And you've uh, helped with these, these setting up these standards and codes. Absolutely. This is a very important thing for you, right? Super important. It's yeah. more important to us than anything else is this disinfection, mm-hmm. this ability to disinfect this, this solution correctly between usages. Because we don't use chemicals, and we're all tested. You know, uh, to do this three log, we actually did a seven log in a vessel. The vessel itself generally contaminates the specimen, but we have such a small body of water and such an intense system there of cleaning that uh, they tested the the material in the vessel, and we still got the three log uh, and then surpassed that. But that's within one cleaning cycle without any use of chemicals. The problem with chemicals now, which is what everybody else has to do due to the fact that they are unwilling to spend the money on the disinfection process, which is this, I told you about this UV lights, like nine grand, seventy five hundred for the generators, and so it's a lot of bread to get it right, man. You know, and the electrical stuff. See our UL listing as well, Underwriters Laboratory. This is electricity and people. You're in a water and electricity. You can't, you know, Scooter McGee said it's okay, or Shifty Williams over here. I mean, what, what, Shifty what you Williams. Yeah, is it, <laughs> who are these people, and what, what it makes them understand? Fucking Shifty. Yeah, fucking Shifty's got us before, you know. I mean, we've heard his uh, story, but the, the the facts are the facts. You need to go into a laboratory and evaluate the, the situation correctly, utilizing uh, you know, uh, methods of that are, that are ethical, not, not you know, you, pouring this uh, chemicals, the chlorine and bromine and prox, whatever it is, your, your point is a breaking down now this, this uh, material and then creating a byproduct. This byproduct then 
you know, you're getting in there with it and you're sweating or pissing or spitting or whatever. And then you're mixing you with this, you know, the ammonia or nitrogen. That's what a lot of people have an issue with. When I talk to them about the tank, they always say that. Like, I'm going to get in the water that someone else has been in. That's Thank fucking you. weird. They should have an issue with it. There is an issue with it. It is a, you know, if these things are not dealt with properly, they're, they're you know, it's an infestation. It's and a- as the popularity of these things grows, this is something we really need to consider because this is something that could become an issue for some folks. And I know that you're very conscientious about this. This is very important to you. And this is like one of the main focuses of conversation that we've had over the years is about this this need to make sure that everything is like at the same standards of the tanks that you have. It's important for the people that are doing this to, to have a product then that is uh, credible, that has been designed correctly, that's had a lot of time and effort spent to uh, to verify how it actually works and what it does, you know, and then uh, it does all the harm, all the good, and none of the harm. Right, and it cuts all the potential harm out. All checked out, you know, and documented, and 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 then, like I said, this new UL stuff too. The amount of, uh, you know, adjustments that we've had to do with the electrical aspects of this thing are tremendous. But, you know, but, but it, it by the time we're all, we've been working with them, what now, four years with NSF to try to. Uh, Establish these uh, guidelines then for, you know, uh, effective uh, uh, purification. Yes, to, for people then to do this because if you don't have it and people come away from it with a bad, you know, how long is it going to last? The right. the industry, you know, it, it needs to have guidelines and standards set up to adhere to then to become a credible. You know, industry. I well, mean, I commend the fact also that you're 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 meeting it head on before it becomes a big issue. Like, there's not a lot of people that are reporting like infections, and not a lot of people that have become sick because of it. No, but, but if, if this industry continues to grow, the potential instances of people not taking care of their water can rise, and that could potentially damage the the reputation that you fought so hard to try to let people know about the positive benefits of this. I mean, I know you. You've been working yeah. on this for a long time, man. Yeah, it's, but it's catching it's been, on now, right? Yeah, it's you know it's 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 been something I've been dedicated to with you know all of my uh, everything I have you know it's been involved in uh, trying to get this right because it's it's important you know that uh, that this technology is not overlooked right now. We need to get a hold. You see, and if it, if it's set up with these little Mickey Mouse second rate rigs. The, the, the authorities are not going to okay it. Mm. They're not going to allow it. We've already been... But they we, allow it right now. Like, they allow it, it now because it's unregulated. Okay, so but it's going to eventually be regulated? Absolutely. That's what this... We showed you this... Uh, right. But I know, but to, to, to people that are listening, absolutely. when is this all going to take place? It's happening now. We, run, we have a task group that's been formed with both the Canadian Ministry of Health and uh, several health and uh, safety officials here in this country, statewide, local-wise, and NSF, National Sanitization Foundation, to set up these guidelines. So for- they're realizing that this industry is absolutely. growing and, and they're stepping in. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. We were at a uh, a uh, task group. Uh, what was that thing called? The uh, uh, We went to a, uh, a thing and uh, they, they had callers calling in. It was the most asked about subject a topic that they had conversated about at this it was called a, a task what was the meeting called do you think that it's possible for you to make uh two different tanks to make a commercial fully sanitized unit and make a unit for the home that's less complex and more affordable we well, see we were thinking about that because naturally that would be a good business uh sense but we got back to the point again it's like in order to do it right, this is what it costs. I mean, we could make it Mickey Mouse or whatever. But, but is th- it Mickey Mouse for the consumer? Like, say if it's just you. 
Okay, Crash lives by himself. Crash loves to do the isolation tank. We Crash is not going to jerk off or pee in his tank. Or if I do, I'll be in there with myself. Ew. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, a, <laughs> it's like you right. know, it's like, but if you're going into some place and it's these people and those people, it's not, you know. Right. But and then what's happening then, what we were doing was trying to, you know, people, they're cheap. So they're going to say, oh, I'll buy well, the, the cheap well, one. Well, first of all, people are broke, too. Broke. It's also well, it's, it's fucking super expensive to buy one of those that's, things. That's correct. That, and you know, that's, I mean, I know that the, the, the equipment is really costly and it's right. really high end. But all I'm trying to say is with our last five minutes of time before we right. turn into a pumpkin, all I'm trying to say is, is it possible that it's, it could be made into a consumer unit? Yes, it would be, but back to the liability. See, in order to get this right and not harm anybody by this, con- you know, different things, it's 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 not easy. Like I, he's telling you, some how of much these more do you have to say about this stuff? Do you want to do another hour? Want to shut this off and do another hour? You know, I are don't, you cool to talk about this? Or are you running out of gas? I'm not running out of gas. I don't run out of gas. Okay, I'm, I'm a, let's just wrap this up because we're running out of time. Yeah, so we'll wrap this up. We'll be right back in about ten more minutes. We have so, nine minutes. I have nine minutes. Yeah. I always give you an extra. That's I always okay. Add an extra five minutes. We'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up, and we'll come right back. All right. Um, so uh, thanks to uh, Onnit.com. Go to O N N I T. Use the code word Rogan. Save ten percent off any and all supplements. I just want to give us give you a chance to go into a lot of these uh, issues that we talked about before. So we'll be right back with Crash. It probably won't be a full podcast, but it'll probably be like forty minutes. That's what I recommend. I recommend another forty minutes. We'll be right back. <laughs> 